Some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. remember to include that sound in there because it sa- did sound like someone either rubbing their hands or jacking off that was me with my hands was it that you wanna yeah was it that yeah it's me uh, rubbing um, what's it hand cream and hand sanitizer. of course it was episode 108 of Dude and the Monkey good evening good afternoon good morning my name is Ian Loring I'm steering the ship on this one and uh, jam packed show for you today um, uh, yeah I'm Ian Loring who else is here Hello, Mark Foster. Uh, Noel Meller. There we go, nice. So Noel is joining us once again. Uh, you know, it's a Marvel Studios film. Um, frankly, I think Noel will probably be on every show that we do a Marvel Studios film from here until uh, we all die. So uh, <laughs> there's a pleasant thought. Um, you know what? It's, it's, it's strange you should say that, but sometimes when like Marvel movies get this is how bad I am when Marvel movies get announced sort of like you know six or seven years down the line or like when they announce that slate the, the big slate recently yeah. part of me does in the back of my head think shit what if I'm what if I'm what if I die before like, <laughs> what if I die before Captain Marvel comes out and I never get to see that film do you know what I actually had that for the other day about episode seven which yeah. literally, like, like, literally, it was just like, right, I've just got to live long enough for episode seven, then I'm good. But, but I'm, th- like, I'm, I'm 37 years old. It's going to get to a point <laughs> where Marvel, yeah. like, Marvel are going to start announcing films, and I'm going to be like, oh, shit, I'm not sure if I'm going to be around for that one. <laughs> not sure if I'm going to be around for Squirrel Girl. Yeah, fucking right. Um, and that just remi- reminded me, um, have you... Like, there was this thing that filmed Clickbait, the greatest Twitter account on earth. Um, they, you guys know film Clickbait? Yeah, I have, yeah. Oh my god. Um, they, uh, they, they kind of did a thing earlier on where, um, apparently the new Spider-Man film might be called Spider-Man The Next Avenger. Right. I'm not feeling that. <laughs> That's brutal. Sp- yeah. Spider-Man The New Avenger? Oh, I think it might be the new Avenger, actually. Yeah. But still... I what? can't see that happening. Yeah, that's... Uh, um, anyway, that, that, yeah, that's a little bit on the nose, even for fucking Marvel. Well, Captain America, like, was called outside the US the first Avenger. The first Avenger. It's not... It, do you know what? It wouldn't be... It's not that... I mean, it doesn't sound great off the top of your head, but... The new Avenger kind of there are new Avengers and stuff like oh, that is a, just a part. You suck Marvel Studios' cock on anything, don't you? But no, but like it's sort of it's in keeping. Like I can imagine, you know, maybe <laughs> further down the line that they do a sort of 
the new Avengers, or they do, um, you know, they've done the next Avengers in the animated series, and then there's like West Coast Avengers in the in the in the comic book series, which is basically just a whole new set of Avengers that aren't the ones in in New York, and it's so I can kind of I don't know, I don't think it's a bit of a clumsy title, but it wouldn't surprise me. It's not that far out, I don't think. Uh, but anyway, we, we are talking about Avengers Age of Ultron. We're not just going on a Marvel Studios tangent for some random reason today. Uh, Avengers Age of Ultron, full spoiler review. Anyone like who hasn't seen it, like US folks, um, if you haven't seen it yet, you know, I'll already say just skip the review. If you listen to the show, usually you know how it works. Skip the review. We are going to go full spoilers. Anything could be said right from the start. But um, yeah, uh, we also do some what we watch. Uh, Mark and I are going to talk about Police Academy 5 assignment Miami Beach because Noel is not dedicated to the Police Academy cause enough. And um, yeah, I think that's probably about it. Um, so Film Rant, um, the show continues to be posted on Film Rant. We think... Next week, there's not going to be a dude and a monkey because it's going to be the first episode of the 100 Club podcast. Yes. We think. We think. Uh, we think so. Um, if, if it's not, then I'm sure there would be a dude and a monkey and we'll sort something out. But um, uh, otherwise, yeah, uh, the first episode of the 100 Club. I'm very much looking forward to it. I'm really, really, really going to try and throw some fucking bombs in there to wind people up. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait. Um, so, yeah, that will be fun. You guys have been working on your lists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How's it going? It's going really right, well. Yeah, yeah. I've yeah. got 98 or something stupid like that. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to shed some. More, I've got to shed some more weight to cram stuff in. See, I've got. I'm. I'm obviously. I'm going the other way. So I've got. I think I've got 14 films at the moment. Um, there is one more film that I'm buying this week, um, and I will say this much. Um, Ian, you're not the only one going to be throwing bombs in, so I've got something that I'm going to throw into the mix that I think is is going to cause some debate as well. So I am so bummed. I am so bummed. I know I pussied out of, the, of actually doing it myself, and then I, I did put up an article on Film Rant about why. Um, if anyone's interested, but probably they're probably not interested. But fuck, I'm so much. Look, I'm really looking forward to that cast, and I'm going to be drinking. And I can't wait. Um, so yeah, Hundred Club uh, should be up next week. Um, a little uh, in meeting thing. I'm just kind of thinking of adding it to our Libsyn allocation because we have space free like every month. So I'm sure the odd Hundred Club podcast wouldn't go amiss. Yeah, if you if you can do that, that 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 would be that would definitely be handy. It'd save setting up a different account or, or adding it to the Adventures in VHS one. So yeah, that'd yeah. be grand. Yeah, we'll sort something out. Uh, so you, I kind of treat it like a bonus episode, and then that way it's sort of like when it comes along, it comes along. And yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. Um, okay, cool. So um, there was, I think, by the sounds of it, there's just one trailer any of us actually watched this week. It looks like the studios kind of jizzed their load the week beforehand. So uh, Mark, what did you have? Uh, I watched the trailer for, for Black Mass, the upcoming uh, Johnny Depp, uh, your Benedict Cumberbatch, Kevin Bacon, Joel Edgerton, uh, and a whole host of other people uh, in there as well. And it, it used to be years ago that you used to, you know, a new Johnny Depp film would mean something. It could be something really fucking great. And then he did. You know, he, 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 he did Pirates of the Caribbean and everything's just gone fucking downhill from there. Probably Public Enemies really aside. Uh, but Black Mass actually looks really quite fucking good. Uh, crime film set in the gangster world. Uh, it's been a long time since, um, 
Joy Depp did anything sort of like that. Like you said, the Public Enemies, but that was more of a Michael Mann film than a, I think a Joy Depp film. So yeah, I'm I'm quietly excited about this one just because Joy Depp did used to be a really good actor until he decided that everything needed a wig and an accent. Now he's wearing a wig in this and he has got an accent, but it actually looks like there's an actual a point to it, and it's not just a different version of Jack Sparrow. That's good. Yeah. I, I haven't seen the trailer yet, actually. I don't know why, but it just seemed like every single person was saying it looks like Johnny Depp's actually making a serious film, so it should get on it. Yeah, it, it, it does, and that's... it's. I don't know, you, you kind of want that to happen. Uh, also, I did actually watch the, just before we started recording, the uh, Red Band for uh, Ted 2. Oh, yeah. Um, which just looks like... Ted one, but with just more Tedness, is what I'd say. Um, you, you know, it it's just a lot of swearing, a lot of crash jokes, and a lot of weed smoking. That's about it, really. Yeah. No, anything? No, but I am kind of. I, I don't know. I kind of. It's weird with Johnny Depp now because it seems so. Fa- he seems so far removed from. He seen it, he is now so far removed from when I liked him that yeah. even seeing something where people are going, oh, this could be, the, I, I'm just a little bit like, uh, I'm not sure. So I kind of, I saw an image from it and thought, okay, well, whatever. But I just didn't click uh, play. I think I should probably give it a go because you're right, he, he was great. I, I think the thing is, is if he does get this one out of his, uh, out of his system almost, um, you kind of, Look at his, his, his slate after that. I don't know what London Fields is, but after this, he's got yoga hoses, so he's going to be doing that ridiculous character again. Yeah. Then Alice through the looking glass, then yeah. Captain Jack Sparrow. So yeah. even if there's a, this is a return to form, it's, don't it's, expect it to last too long. Oh, yeah. It, it, it'll be an anomaly in a whole fucking yeah. world of shit. It almost Which is a shame, it. but, you know, let's give him the benefit of the doubt, I think. I mean, it kind of feels like, to me, I mean, to, certainly to a lesser extent in terms of the quality of his other work, but like Robbie Downey Jr. doing The Judge, where it's just like, right, I need to do something that kind of feels like it's actually respectable, and, yeah. you, you know, it's not all just for the money, money, money. Um, and, I mean, The Judge, I watched like the first 40 minutes of it, it, it seemed fairly pedestrian, not offensive, but very bland, but Black Mass doesn't, already, I mean, the subject matter, frankly, makes it seem like it's not going to be bland, at least. Yes, yeah, certainly. It, it looks, it looks like it's going for depth in that, um that what's it form, um that Donnie Brasco form. Yeah, that, hopefully, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, we'll, well, we'll find out. It's out later this year, isn't it? Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Um, cool. So, uh, right. I'm not too sure how long this, this review's gonna last, frankly, and, um I think the, uh, the length of everything else we uh, do on the show might be somewhat affected by this review, so let's do it. Uh, here's a clip from uh, Avengers Age of Ultron, and uh, then we'll get into it. This could have been avoided if you hadn't played with no, something you don't I'm understand. Sorry. I'm sorry. It is funny. It's a hoot that you don't get why we need Tony, this. Tony, maybe this might not be the time. Really? To... That's it. You just roll over, show your belly every time somebody snarls. Only when I've created a murder bot. We didn't. We weren't even close. Were we close to an interface? Well, you did something right. And you did it right here. The Avengers were supposed to be different than you. Anybody remember when I carried a nuke through a wormhole? No, it's never come up. Save New York? Never heard that. Recall that? A hostile alien army came charging through a hole in space, 
We're standing 300 feet below it. We're the Avengers. We can bust arms dealers all the live long day, but that up there, that's, that's the end game. How are you guys planning on beating that? Together. Okay, Avengers Age of Ultron, uh, written and directed by Joss Whedon, starring a, a lot of people, you know who they are. Um, story is, um, Tony Stark still kind of reeling from the events of, uh, of the Avengers, um, is basically inspired by some magic from someone uh, to come up uh, to kind of resurrect his Ultron pro- uh, program, which he hopes uh, will be a shield around the Earth. Uh, when he activates it, though, um, Ultron soon gains sentience and basically figures out pretty much straight away the best way of um, dealing with Earth would be to uh, uh, kill a lot of people and kind of um, start things over again. Uh, the Avengers have to band together, even though they don't kind of trust each other and um, whatnot, to uh, try and stop Ultron, basically. Um, I'm going to... You know, I, I think I'm going to uh, delay um, Noel's ejaculation for a minute. So, um, Mark, go on. What do you think of uh, Avengers Age of Ultron? Squeeze my balls. That tends to do it. <laughs> um... As the one out of the three of us who's not as on board uh, with the the Marvel Universe thing as, as everybody else, um, I'll say I, I overall I enjoyed Age of Ultron. Overall, um, it is way too long, um, and it, it it seems to it it, it seems to give go off on bits and give me little bits of story that I, I really just fucking didn't want. Um, most of the action is pretty good. I thought the script felt a little bit um, Sorry. Sorry. lazy at points. Um, there's too much creating other stories for where it's going to go. But on a whole, there's, it is still, you know, when it's clicking and when it's going, it's still really enjoyable. But I just... I just felt at points that I was waiting for stuff to happen. And then when the stuff did happen, it was great, but I was bored of waiting. Um, however, what I will say is, finally, a, a Marvel Universe film has gotten an, a villain where I actually felt, you know, that is a fucking great villain. Um, Ultron was fantastic. His design was great. And Spader's vocal performance, because I'm guessing there wasn't any mocap for Spader with this. Well, was that? I mean, if it was, brilliant, but I mean, in terms of the voice, there's there's so much fucking going on, and it's a great bit of casting, because it just, he has got such a a a rich and um, kind of condescending voice as Spade has got, you know, and he, he has played some great fucking shit heels over his fucking and just complete douchebags over his time um, as an actor, and that's what he brought to Ultron was this, this complete total of I'm better than you, and I, I really, I really liked that about it. I really liked that character of Ultron. I'd like to have spent a little bit more time with him. Is no back. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Oh, cool. yeah, um, Sorry, my phone just rang. I just switched it off. Oh, fair enough. Cool. Okay, so, uh, no, go ahead. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's. Do you know what? It's. It's. It is kind of. I hinted at this when I was on WhatsApp after I came out of the cinema to you guys the other day, and it is 
to a degree, it is a little bit difficult for me to uh, properly offer a fully um, a, a fully unbiased sort of opinion on this stuff, just for multiple reasons, really. And you know, the first reason is yes, I'm a huge fan. I've read comics since I was since I was little, and and the and you know, I've always been a Marvel kid, and and for me, it was all about the Avengers and Iron Man and and those two particularly, but other sort of spin-offs around that, never too much the X-Men, just general Avengers and different versions of the Avengers and, and the people around that. So so this is, you know, this is something that I've wanted my entire life. Like, this entire build-up to both of these Avengers films is something that I've, I was always going to be on board with. Um, but I think the important thing, more important than that, is that it's been done so well. Uh, up until this point, that you know these characters are so well realised and they've been brought together so perfectly, and Joss Whedon has done such a such a great job of dealing with the fact that you know dealing with something that a lot of other comic book movies fail at, and that's having multiple characters all thrown on the screen. It's been dealt with so well that Avengers: Age of Ultron is kind of already. You know, I, I, I'm already prone to be liking it because I just want to see all these people back in this back in this space and back on screen. So during the first sort of half of the film, um, once you get past the sort of initial sequence, which I'll talk about in a bit, there was a section of the film where I think they were just kind of I think it was around the party scene, just um, when they're all sort of just there chatting to each other and talking and stuff like that. And I, I just kind of the film, by the way. Just in terms of yeah, pure pleasure to watch. Sorry. Absolutely. And, yeah, and I, yeah, think I agree with that, yeah. Just watching that, watching that type of stuff, I'm just kind of sat back in my chair and I'm thinking, I love being here with these people and I love the fact that these are all characters that I love, you know, comic book characters that I love, but this has all been done so well that I'm so just happy to be here with these people and whatever they do. So because of that, it makes it a little bit difficult to be me, to, to be completely um, unbiased about it. Um, so as such, I think my first sort of viewing of this, I was I had a fantastic time. I was completely high by the end of it. Um, I had my own issues with it, which, again, we'll get to. Um, but I think what's happened is in the days that have followed, I've kind of started to my, started to think to myself, well, that was great, but I think now we need something else. And that, that's, that's not sort of a slight on Avengers Age of Ultron. I just think that we've gotten to a stage now where um, something needs to change a little bit. And, you know, the last time I was on this show, I was slagging off not slagging off, but I was complaining about the fact that Fast and Furious 7, you know, just sort of falls into that now typical thing of, all right, well, what do we do now? Let's destroy a city. Um, so I don't know how I can really talk about Avengers and not at least acknowledge the fact that that's kind of where this goes. Um, I think we're at a stage where, you know, some of the films in the franchise are stepping back a little bit, like Captain America 2 and like Iron Man 3, um, and trying to do something at a different level. Um, and that means that, I mean, the reasons that they're doing that is so that when they come back with an Avengers movie, they can go big again and it makes sense. Um, but 
I don't know, part of me is just, now that I've had time to sit with it, part of me is just thinking, I wish there was, I wish the formula was, I wish the formula was shifting a little bit, um, and changing a little bit just so that I could expect something different. Maybe taking it to, to, to massive levels and outer space and stuff like that. Uh, maybe that'll do it, but, um, I don't know. Last couple of days, as I've had time to sit with it, I've maybe not been as excited about it as I was when I first left the cinema. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, my my big problem with the film. I mean, I, I really I really enjoyed it, and I'm, I really enjoyed it. Um, at least the first half, I was pretty much in heaven. Um, but I will say, my problem with the film is that, you know, the first Avengers felt like the culmination of something. You know, everything had been leading up to that. It kind of seemed like everything was supposed to be leading up to this. But the film itself feels like a weird mix of Whedon trying to bring some finality to his kind of reign at the head of Mar- the, like the Marvel movies. But then also kind of keeping it in a holding pattern. Mm. Um, it's got more setting other things up than any other Marvel film since Iron Man 2. And I, 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 it, that annoyed me. And it annoyed me with Iron Man 2 at the time, and I've kind of, I've, I, it, it annoys me less every time I watch that film now, so hopefully it will be the same here. But I think it comes to a detriment as well. I mean, I really, 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 really liked Ultron whenever he was talking. But mm. there is a real problem with me in terms of his threat. Um, he's on yes. screen for large chunks of the film where it's just, oh, he's on the internet and he's trying to get nuclear codes, something stopping him, oh, that's a bit mysterious, isn't it? And there's, there's, you know, and when we do cut back to him, he's giving really good speeches, but that's about it. It doesn't feel, and when he does present Menace, it's basically, there's a shitload of him. And I, I find that to be a problem, and it's such a shame, just because, like, if it was like Malekith in Fall of the Dark World, I wouldn't give two shits. But... Mm. Ultron is so good when he is chatting, and the idea of his character being like a dark Tony, like Tony Stark gone wrong, um, is is amazing. And then the kind of the daddy issues he has, that when you know when it's time for him to really throw down, it just doesn't quite hit the mark for me. And it's because I think the film, where it should have been giving more time to Ultron establishing him as a threat. Instead, it's four and a cameoing Stellan Skarsgård go off in search of stuff, um, and, and, and you know, and that's that's a problem. Um, but oh, have we dropped someone? Not me. No. Not me. Oh, sorry, it just says two people in the call on Skype. Sorry. Um, so it, it's the thing is when it's when this film is on, it is so on, and that aforementioned party sequence. I could have happily have just watched that in real time for five hours, <laughs> like genuinely, and and it, it's it that is so good, and just the bit where four is kind of like trying to have one-upmanship about girlfriends, and then he mm. just goes, Jane is better. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's it's that's what I want. I just want that that stuff for two hours. Um, See, that's kind of one of the you've touched on a couple of things there that are, that are some of the things that I that were immediate negatives for me about it and that's um, part of it is um, I agree I agree with you on the fact that when when um, when James Spader and when Ultron 
is there and actively doing something, there is a um, there is a certain amount of threat that comes across. But um, I think when it comes down to it, he doesn't really achieve anything. Or it, it's when it's when it's when it's more than words, um, it, it really fails to sort of. It, he doesn't feel as dangerous, and I think um, I think part of the problem is is you know in the in the comics he is a very sort of single-minded, puritanical um, you know figure who is just he is all about just just purifying the earth so that the next uh, iteration of you know the ne- the, the evolution of, of of life can can go on. So the problem is. And they seem to suggest that this is because he comes from a part of Tony Stark. The problem is that he's a bit casual and he's a bit cavalier and he talks in a way that, you know, he, he goofs around and he sort of, and he's, the, there's a moment where, um, you know, the twins sort of disappear off and he turns around and he says something like, oh, guys, or something like that. And it's just like, I don't want to sound like a dick, but I can't imagine Ultron being that way and say, like, I think this was an opportunity to actually have a genuine menace, a genuine, you know, real threatening, pure, unadulterated evil uh, that, 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 that represented something completely malevolent. Not, not something that was trying to do something for himself, like Loki, or something that was obsessed with power, but do something with a character that was just almost... Um, you know, Terminator like in his just pure like vision, just like I, I just I need to fucking do this. Uh, and what they kind of did instead was give me another character telling jokes. And uh, you know, it would have been nice to have one character in the whole film who didn't feel the need to drop in quips because it, it just it took away it took away the menace. It took away what what menace they were building up. To have him just giving disposable throwaway sort of one-liners is just like, well, you've sucked any threat out of him now. He's basically just—he's basically just a cyber terrorist who cracks jokes. Whereas Ultron should be so much more than that. He should be so much smarter and so much more single-minded. I mean, it's weird. Like for such a dedicated performance from Spader, Ultron himself in the film as a whole, and kind of in 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 the series, feels like a real place filler villain. Like, it, mm. I was surprised when they said it's going to be Age of Ultron because, you know, you've got the Thanos team at a tease at the end of Avengers. And it's almost saying, like, oh, well, we're not... And the film's kind of constant references to other things. It's kind of it's kind of just admitting, yeah, Ultron's just going to be in this one for one film. We've got to have a, a bad mm. at the moment. But here's some other stuff. You know, Thanos, with You know, he's going to be there and... He's going to do stuff in a few years' time, don't worry about it. But, you know, you've got Ultron just to pass some time. Hey, James Spader's good, isn't he? It, it just, yeah. it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like enough. Uh, it, it's, it's not as, it's not, a, it's like they've not fully committed to the idea of having something that's pure, just like, you know, the things that I've suggested. It's like they're not, they don't want to commit fully to that at this point. So they've just got, all right, well, it's basically a program that Tony Stark's created that's taken on a, for, taken on a life form. It's got, a, it's an AI, so it can, it can do this, that, and the other. But then it takes it to a place where, all right, well, what is this threat? Well, the threat is that there's loads of robots running around smashing things up. And that, essentially, 
isn't very different to what the Chitauri was in the last film. Yeah, well, no, it was. Yeah, that, that's, that is the thing. It, it, it does go very sort of samey. Um, yeah. towards towards the end, it, it takes a very a very similar path. It's the um, third. Uh, it's the third. Mar- I was just thinking about this. It's the third Marvel Studios film in, in a row where the end set piece is big thing falling down and could cause death. Captain America two. You've got the um, uh, the the, the heli heli carriers. Yeah. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. You've got the um, the ship that um, what's his chops is is in. Um, the, Lee Pace. Yeah, yeah, Lee Pace's character. He's in that big yeah. ship, and it's gonna like fall down. You know, and it's like if they if it touches the planet, it will be destroyed. So it's the third thing in a row where it's that. And it, I mean, like it's like um, earlier on with the Marvel films, it was like the the thing was big thing fighting other big thing or masses of robots versus one thing. Yeah, it, it's um. You know, it's just that they they have that cookie-cutter construction in those aspects, but it's the things that the filmmaking team brings to them which makes them almost better than the sum of their parts, I think, for a lot of Marvel Studios films. I don't mind that, you know, I like... It's fine to, you know, a film of this type needs its sort of... its third act set piece, and I, I understand that, but there's a real opportunity here to, while all that stuff's going on, because it was kind of, it was a different take, sort of like doing the sort of lifting the earth up for the, um, I forget the name of the, vibranium, so something like that whole idea. Yes, that's fine. But don't you, like, if you're going to use a character like Ultron to do that, because he's essentially just after, what's the word? Um, it's the same as like in Avatar, what do they call it? The the fake sort of substance that's amazing. Unobtainium. Yeah, it's basically an unobtainium thing again. Yeah. And an opportunity for him. He's doing this because he needs this thing, which is this amazing thing that he needs. Now, what Ultron should be doing in that situation is, yes, he's doing this so that you've got your big action set piece. But in the background, he's also doing a multitude of other things that prove that he's an awful lot smarter yeah, than Tony yeah, Stark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's an awful lot more dedicated. And he he lacks uh, humanity, which makes him you know more dangerous and stuff like that. But they just don't do any of that because they're so busy getting on with the big action set piece that they forget that this is a character that can represent all that stuff. I I, I don't want to be negative for too much longer. Sorry, just no. one one thing as well that bothered me. I think they I thought they could have done a lot more with the Scarlet Witch kind of turning everybody against each other and like making them all look at their fears. They do well, that she... once and then that's it, and that's a shame. Look, I... I have an issue with, with that whole scene. She she managed to sneak up on everybody really easy. There is that. She she literally just wandered round and for a two minute sequence just snuck up behind people and just did that thing with her hand. And it's like the amount of times that things have tried to sneak up on these things. It even happened in this film where something tried to sneak up one behind Captain America uh, and he just. Um, smacked it from behind, yeah, that, but yeah. none of them sensed that she was anywhere near. I mean, maybe that's part of her power. I'm not sure or anything like that. But it, it just well, it Warfare did feel a little bit like. See, that's I, I was just going to say. I think yeah, I can forgive that's, that's, that a okay. little bit because they do that. Like the yeah. fact that that you've got these sort of m- massive, all-powerful beings, and like Hawkeye actually says at one point in the, uh, which actually was one of the best lines in the whole film, the point where he kind of grabs older and he goes, look, none of this makes sense. You've got this over there, you've got this over there, 
and I'm just a bloke with a bow and arrow. Yeah, None of this makes yeah, sense. Okay. Like, I liked that. So the idea that they've they've acknowledged the fact that, yeah, let's face it, if this shit was really going down, Hawkeye would probably be the first to carpet. The 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 fact that he gets a moment where he and, and throughout the film in fact, he gets a few different moments where he proves that he's smart and he's the heart of the group and he's you know just gives him a little bit more where he can turn around to her and go look no fuck you you're not pulling that shit on me i've already done that once like i I kind of i was prepared to allow that because it gave hawkeye more character and and he wasn't he you know he was allowed to be more important i think yeah it was it was good that they they kind of they I mean, they, they almost outright came out because a lot of there has been a lot of things of people saying, you know, that Hawkeye essentially is a little bit like he's the one that nobody said. Oh, I wonder if we'll get a Hawkeye movie. But they've kind of gone, look, he, he's actually quite fucking important to this. You know, he's one of the Avengers. He's not just somebody who happens to tag along with the Avengers. And so I, I, I didn't mind them building his character up a little bit. I, I, I didn't. To be honest, I didn't really like the whole fucking. Um, Scott Jansen and um, Hulk fucking thing. Um, romance. Yeah, that was... That, that just felt a little bit like... You, you've taken... You've got, in this film, you've got a strong female character who kicks ass as well as all the guys, is as smart as all the guys, is as dangerous as all the guys, and then you're going to essentially... Oh, she's fallen for the monster because she thinks she's a monster. And it, yeah. it just, you didn't fucking need to give her a love story. Unfortunately, it's kind of... It's it's taken so much away from her character. Like, yeah, just it has. Her to do that because, you know, they've established... You know, there's a little... Obviously, she's a very different character now than she was a few films ago in... Was it Iron Man 2 she first showed Iron up? Man but, 2, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, she's obviously quite different to then, but they've managed to find a place for her and, uh, you know, a skill set for her, particularly in the last Avengers film, that's really relevant and really useful. Now, what they've kind of hinted at since then is that, yeah, she's a bit flirty with Captain America and maybe she fancies him a little bit, you know, in the Captain America movie, and they've kind of, um, you know, you've got sort of Tony Stark make it, like... Sort of trying to have a go, trying to make a pass at her in in Iron Man and stuff like that, and it's just like, (laughs) yeah, have a stab at her. Um, But you've kind of now you've just kind of gone, well, all right, maybe she wasn't flirting with those people, maybe she would, maybe she wanted to fuck them because she's a slag, and then you've got Captain America and um, was it, yeah, was it uh, Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. calling her a slut in. In, a, in an interview and it's just yeah. like yeah you've kind of ruined that character for a little bit now um, so I don't know it, yeah that kind of didn't work for me as well it's, no, but it was, yeah it sounds like I'm being massively negative about this uh, I'm picking holes in I personally anyway I'm picking holes in something that I enjoyed immensely and um, I'll, I very 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 much look forward to seeing again it's just there's stuff in there that I think could have been better. Yeah, for sure. I mean, so I mean, what I mean, what did work for for folks then? Well, personally, the opening sequence was fucking like I was I was properly properly hard. I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I'm a big fan of the fact that the first word in this film is shit. <laughs> I, 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 I like the, the, the first word. I swear. Right. I like the fact that it drops us fucking straight in in the shit. Yeah. 
uh, quite essentially. Yeah. I like that, that there wasn't a, that we didn't get a, this is what Cap's doing, this is what Thor's doing, this what is it, and they all have yeah. to come together to save the world again. They're just, they're already, they're actively a team. I like that, um, and it worked, and it was a nice action set piece, and it kind of did make you go, all right, fuck. That was, when it, well, 20 minutes just went like fucking like that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, after the and end of the last... sat you in nice in. Yeah. After the end of the last film as well, that feels like a very, you know, it was obviously a very clear decision to do that. I'm really glad they did it because, you know, you did think, obviously, going out of the last Avengers film, um, you they, they say it very clearly. I think it's Maria Hill says to... Um, so to Nick Fiore, she's like, oh, you know, what will we do if we need them again? They've all kind of gone their separate ways. And sort of Nick Fiore just says, oh, well, you know, they'll come together when we need them. So it kind of suggests that this film is going to start just like that, where there's some sort of massive threat threatening the Earth and Avengers have to assemble and blah, 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 blah. Um, so, you know, it feels like a very definite decision that they went, you know what, fuck all that shit. That's wasting time. Let's just get them in there quick yeah. and have a had a really amazing sequence where they're all doing their thing and fucking hell some of the stuff that Iron Man's doing in that section alone is just like this is properly you know if if seeing Iron Man tear through the sky however many years ago it was did for me what it did then I'd just like to show this to to, to that me from back then just to see what kind of reaction because it's just it's I, you know I sat back in my chair and I'm just like this is it this is this is what this is what I've been waiting for. Like my entire life is just to see a set piece like this with all these characters fucking doing that, That's great. Um, which is just fantastic. And it, it genuinely makes me feel 10 years old. And that's, that's amazing. Yeah. That, that, that's the great, uh, great thing about this, this kind of, these movies are, um, they are perfect fucking, Saturday morning, um, you know, weekend fucking films. There's the sort of thing where you, you can imagine when you were 10, you, you'd get up in the morning and you'd go, fuck, it's the weekend. Oh, it's raining outside. That doesn't fucking matter because I can watch this. And you could just watch it, you know, when I, I, when I was like 10, 11 years old, I'd probably watch this film, you know, once a fucking week easily. It's that kind of excitement that factor that is within this film, yeah, certainly. Yeah. I, I, that's interesting. I mean, like, I, I think out of this or the, or the first one, I'd say the first one would probably do it more for me like that. This one, I, I heard a good comparison that somebody said, you know, Avengers 1 is a better movie than Avengers 2, but Avengers 2 is a better film. Mm. And it, it almost sounds a bit pretentious, but I get what they're saying there. It's like, yeah, I th- it's almost like this. Sorry, I was just going to say, I think with the seek, it's almost like comparing them to, and some people won't like this, but fuck them. It's almost like comparing Star Wars to The Empire Strikes Back in a way. It's like the Avengers, the first film is very complete and it has a, it has a purpose, you know, to bring all these people together to defeat a, an evil and then at the end they've done their job. Whereas this is the next stage where there are conflicts and there are problems and maybe some of them don't want to be there and maybe the, a couple of them are looking for an opportunity to get out of it and this is happening over there and this person's got too much responsibility and this person's too full of them. So, you know, they touched on that stuff a little bit in the first film, but the point was to get them all to work together. Whereas in this film, the divisions are a little bit more there and there's a little bit more darkness and, and yada, yada, yada. So I think comparing them to sort of those first two Star Wars films 
uh, or the fourth and fifth one, if you prefer, like, is, is, is fair, I think. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's going to be... No, I think that's totally fair. I, I, speak, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see, like, who the Avengers are actually going to be going forward, just because... It kind of feels like now the Avengers are Captain America, Black Widow, and a bunch of side characters. Mm. And, you know, with the films that are coming up, I can't see Scarlet Witch and Falcon and the Vision being too much a part of the other films apart from Civil War. So when we get... I mean, once we get to Infinity War, we we will have Doctor Strange in the mix, Black Panther... Um, Captain Marvel, is that before the next Avengers? Mm, I, think, I, I think that's after the next Avengers. Oh, uh, let's have a look here. Or is it like July in between? I think there's a film in between the two. Yeah, the order is you've got Captain America, Doctor Strange, Guardians 2, Thor, Black Panther, and then there's the first of the Avengers. Oh, well, that's fine, um, obviously, as well. Then there's, Captain, yeah, then there's Captain Marvel and then the Inhumans. So I don't think Captain Marvel is going to play a part until the second film, if at all. Uh, but I think the you know the important thing as well is Doctor Strange is going to be a big character, but the fact that they've got another Captain America movie coming and another Thor movie coming would suggest to me that they're not going to be getting rid of either of those two characters anytime quickly. So is, uh, is Planet Hulk not happening? No, because no. Do, you, do you know the reason why? Because uh, they, they know that so they don't want another Hulk one. Say, it's more, no, it's more financial. Um, Universal <laughs> still own the rights to any solo Hulk films. Uh, that, that, it kind of makes sense to be honest because I'm not itching to watch a fucking another Hulk movie to be honest it, I know th- there's certain characters I, I just I, I think struggle to, to, to have their own film but a, a very much a, a great part of the Avengers movies and I think that if if your only um, kind of action set pieces are going to be the big green man smashing through stuff that's going to start to wear fucking thin yeah, well, this is the... Th- Sorry, go on. It's just, there's going to be so many characters in the mix. I mean, I'm assuming Hawkeye might be done now. Did he say something about that him be- that being his last mission? They suge- no? He suggests... Well, he said that he said it would be the last mission to his Hi. wife, yeah. Yeah, so, like, I think... And the fact that he's not there at the end, I think it might be that it was just like, right, let's actually give Jeremy Renner a good role and then say bye. Yeah. You know, but, but beyond that, I mean, unless some people start dying in Civil War, which I suppose is a possibility, like, you, you have to wonder how many more Scarlett Johansson's down for. Yeah. Um, maybe Falcon. Oh, no, Chris Evans is probably gone, isn't he? Um, yeah, there's, there's plenty of room to replace Chris Evans as well, and there's, you know, there's, there's the one possibility is replacing him with uh, the character of Bucky, which happens in the comics as well so um, I forget mm. the guy's name who played him Sebastian in um, Stan. Sebastian Stan so can Sebastian Stan like carry a, a looking a, for a way to create a movie maybe maybe That's not I don't know but there's there's a time you know there's a version of the character there's a version of the Captain America character that is his character Bucky so that's a possibility uh, I think on the Hulk thing that you were saying about Mark is the thing with the Hulk is there's two different versions of the Hulk there's the sort of there's the Hulk we know, and then there's the Hulk that you get in the animated universe, so that where you've got sort of like, um, you know, the Hulk can talk and he's he's very sentient and very yeah. and he makes decisions and stuff like that, and he leads a team and stuff like that. The intre- the interesting thing about Hulk as a character is the inner struggle, and they've they've done that they they've done that already 
with uh, the Incredible Hulk, which I still think is a great film. And uh, yeah. they did that. They did that with his character there. They did that throughout the first Avengers movie, and then said, "No, you know, I'm always angry." That thing. Um, and then they play with it a little bit more here, where it's like, yes, he, he gets out of control, but he can be calmed down and stuff like that. I don't think there's any more in that character, and I think that's a big a big reason why there won't be a Hulk movie is there's just not that much more to do with the character unless you turn him into the version of the Hulk that is in the animated universe and, and I just don't see that happening so yeah seems unlikely that, 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 that there'll be much more for the Hulk to do uh, I'm not, if, you, if you want to answer that mate go ahead um, that's me that's me well, uh, we've all got the same bloody ringtones um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, so, I mean, it's just the thing is I mean it just it is entertaining you know, you, yeah. it, it would be hard to come out of this film and say, well, that was shit. I, 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 yeah, oh, yeah. You know, unless you're going in thinking this is going to be shit. I don't see how you could do that. It, it, it's like, it's better than most blockbusters for me. But in comparison to some of the other Marvel Studios films, after rewatching them all leading up to this, I can I can safely say... I prefer the first Avengers. I prefer Iron Man three. I prefer Guardians of the Galaxy. I prefer Captain America: The Winter Soldier, and that's literally just off the top of my head now. Uh, mm. But I think that's a sign of the quality of the Marvel Studios films as a whole. That mm. that's the case, you know. Like it, so, that's the thing. Like it might sound like I'm being down on it, but. I'm just being down on it based on the fact that literally every time I watch Avengers Assemble, it gets more and more, this is fucking amazing. Mm. Yeah, I mean, Avengers Assemble is pretty much, for me, a perfect blockbuster. It's got absolutely everything you want out of a summer popcorn film. This kind of does, but it's not as fully formed for me. It, 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 it does feel like it's slightly more cut, caught between two... Yeah, it's less. It's less three acty. It, it's it, it's less... hampered by the fact that. Sorry, go on, Mark. It's, go it, on. it's hampered by the fact that that it is very much. It's like you were saying, no, that the the, the first Avengers, Avengers Assemble very much did feel like they were going. Here it is. This is what we can do with it, and it put a marker down. Whereas this feels a little bit more like it's going right. Well. It is an Avengers movie, but we're also setting up what's going to happen with this character and that character and that character. We're introducing this character and it's that and it's that and it's that and it's that. And say, hang on a minute, are you an Avengers movie or are you just a setup for a lot of other fucking movies? And it it, it it gets a little bit like that at points. And then also as well, it, it's trying to do too much. But like I say, it there's. There's no way you can say, hey, this is a bad movie. It's not a bad movie. Overall, I think you'd be hard. I'd say you even, you could say to somebody, if they said, oh, you know, it, 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 it's boring or anything like that. It's not. It's fun. And it is, like you say, it's a solid blockbuster. It's just, it's maybe not as good as it could have been or as people were expecting it to be. Yeah, I... In, I, mean, I mean, that thing about setting things up, because, I mean, I mentioned that earlier on as well. I think there are some aspects of that he actually does quite well. I think the introduction of Ulysses Claw, is that his name? Who's that? Um, Andy Serkis. Oh, yeah. It's, it, like, he's... Because it, it seems like he's going to be the bad guy in Black Panther. And 
the way that they they kind of bring him in and he's just he's just in it for a couple of scenes and he's gone and like the uh, the, the the mention of Black Panther's home country Rwanda uh, or something like that yeah you know I, I that actually felt fairly subtle and throwaway but still kind of actually felt a part of this film. And yeah, the Infinity Stones, I mean, they bring that in with the Vision having the fucking Infinity Stone in his head, so yeah, maybe. But like for having that Vision in his dream and then needing to find out what that was about, it, it it's just, I don't need this. And it's nice to see Stalin Skarsgård again, you know, he's, he's always good value in these. But it just, that feels like, and again, especially considering the next four films going to be in what, like, it's another two years away, isn't it? What the next Thor movie? Yeah, yeah so, two, yeah. You know, I mean, we're a ways away from that yet, and yet, you know, we're already getting what feels. The thing is, it's like I don't even know whether this is set up for the next Thor film or set up for the Infinity War. So, it 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 just I I don't know. It it just it feels out of place. And uh, I think I think the plan is for it to be for this to sort of you know be a if you think of it as like a as the tier one sort of thing then this will tie into the next tier one which is going to be avengers of infinity war so that's my thought and then when you get to sort of thor that's going to be like a little bit more tier two and it's going to be maybe standalone adventure i think they've learned the one thing that they've learned from iron man 2 is not to put all the um you know, the, not exposition, but not to put all the Easter eggs in the, the standalone I, movies. I think they slightly regressed here with that. Yeah, I, a lot of people have complained about this. I didn't find that too much of a problem, to, me, to, to, be, to be honest. It, it, it's just in the way that, like Iron Man 2, there's stuff that doesn't really feel like it's integral to this plot. Like, literally, I know I keep on banging on about the Thor thing, Literally, that has nothing to do with the plot of this film. It's it's for just going off and, and being right, okay, there are these Infinity Stones, and it's weird that everything seems to be happening with them at once. That's a bit bizarre. And then, oh, here's Ultron again. And, and again, that I think that's a disservice to Ultron, is it's coming at a part of the film where it does feel like, instead of this scene of four swimming in a cave... We could have had a scene of Ultron actually being threatening to someone more than just the Avengers. Because, like you said, Noel, I think the key thing is there is no real mass destruction that you see Ultron actually do until the last set piece. Like, even the, the bit in South Africa, that, yes, Ultron has kind of instigated that with um, getting Scarlet Witch to put the, the, the voodoo on the Hulk. But the actual fighting is the Hulk versus Iron Man. Whereas that would, I mean, and that's a that's a great fight. It's great, yeah. But, and you need that stuff. Yeah. But, but there, there are more interesting things to be doing with Ultron in the background. So, as an example, you you know, it's it's a, a throwaway line. It's on, well, it's a couple of throwaway lines where they're talking about like. Oh, uh, you know, what's he doing? Oh, well, he's looking for these codes. He's looking for nuclear codes. Oh, but don't worry, they keep changing all the time, so he's not going to find them and blah, blah, blah. What if Ultron, being a, a, a digital presence, what if Ultron is busy taking nuclear codes, taking nuclear weapons, and playing countries off each other because he wants to wipe humanity out so that the next 
evolution of what he is can can come to prominence. Yeah, yeah, there you That's go. more interesting. That's interesting. Like he can be playing war games and he can be playing mind games with different countries to get them to do his dirty work and then you don't have to worry about a load of CG robots running about and you know maybe have a bunch of CG robots attacking the Avengers while he's busy doing all this other crazy shit so you know then it becomes about a battle of minds and the, the science the science bros have to get together to kind of uh, to, chaps, to do something I'm going to have more. to actually uh, jet off because that was uh, somebody saying Bex has fallen over in town uh, ringing me, leaving a message, oh, oh, okay. so I'm going to have to chat out, I'm afraid. Sorry about that, chat. Yeah, yeah, go, okay, get man. to it, man, you're all good. Okay, no, speak soon, mate. Right. Speak soon, bye now. Um, okay, uh, okay, do we just, do we just want to finish off the review? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah if you like. May as well, and then just, yeah, I yeah. leave it there. Um, okay. Uh, uh, okay, so, sorry, where were we? Sorry, that's just a bit... So yeah, I mean, if if there's 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 complaints that I have, and the 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 main part of it for me, the the main complaint part of it for me is that Ultron could have been used an awful lot better. And yes, I agree that some of the stuff that they're putting in there for the next uh, Avengers movie is visible. It didn't feel quite as visible to me and I'm always aware that they need to do this stuff and I'd rather they do it here than in the standalone movies but it didn't bother me too much. My main issue is just I wish it was a bit smarter and I hope that this is uh, to a degree I hope that this is the last film in the Marvel universe where it's just building towards a city being smashed up because I'm not bored. I wasn't bored of this, but I can see that day is coming very, very quickly for me. Where I'm just going to be a bit like, you need to start doing smarter than stuff, or I'm just going to lose interest. That's interesting. I mean, I, the thing is, I mean, go, I mean, again, again, looking forward. I mean, so what have we got? Next? So Ant Man, that's going to be Ant Man's next. That, yeah, that's going to be a different change of pace. tonally. That will be very different. So that's great. That's a break. So, and I can't imagine it's going to be very sort of. You know, there's going to be a battle in a city, I would imagine, between him and Yellow Jacket, but it's not going to be. It doesn't have to be that, so we'll see. Nice. And then, and then we've um, got Civil War, and that's we've got Civil War. That's going to be interesting because it's going to be playing people off against each other. Yes, and, so know. that's got potential to do that. Yeah. So, uh, great then game. there's Doctor Strange, Strange after that. So that's the whole new world that they're playing in there. So you're talking about alternate universes and magic and stuff like that. So that's, that's got a lot of potential. Fun. Uh, then it's Guardians of the Galaxy 2 uh, again out of space shenanigans so that is is less you know smashing up New York then it's Thor Ragnarok which it sounds like it's going to be more interested in Norse mythology and sort of Asgard than anything else I'll tell you what I, re- I, I suppose maybe we've got a bit more time to just jib on now I suppose uh-huh. like we don't really have to rush but like I, I, I rewatched For the Dark World. Yeah. I still, I'm still not massively into that film, but I, I have called on it just because it's fun spending time with mm. those characters. The, the, the ca- I'm ready to give that another go. Definitely. I've, it's the, it's the only Marvel film I've seen once. I think. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's my, my least favorite of all the Marvel films, studios films, but it's still at a seven out of ten for me. Um, mm. It's. I think the relationship between Thor and Loki in it is is solid. The action sequence at the end 
is kind of interesting just in the way that it's like opening up portals and like the you know people are like slipping from one planet to another like you know just drifting through a planet and then going to another one that that stuff's interesting it just it looks like shit and mm. Christopher Eccleston is the worst yeah you know but apart from that so yeah i mean rag, for Ragnarok that's going to be interesting uh, and it's the you know it's it's if you think about what we've just been saying there as well, is after this now, going to Ant-Man, Civil War, Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Thor Ragnarok, and then even Black Panther, which is 2017, and is going to be a little bit more grounded in one place, and it's going to be out in Africa, and there's a whole, um, you know, there's a whole history to that character that they can delve into. Uh, and where he comes, because he's not just a guy who gets powers. There's a whole history behind the character of Black Panther, and you know, a heritage sort of thing that they can they can explore. So if you think about it, between now and May fourth, two thousand and eighteen, when the first Infinity War drops, there's there's opportunity to get away from that stuff um, and just leave it to DC to bore the shit out of people with smashing up buildings. <laughs> I, I, I suppose a bit of a tangent, but you won't. Um you weren't on when we talked about Batman vs Superman, were you? Oh no, no. What, 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 what the trailer? Yeah. yeah. What, what were you thinking? Uh, I don't trust that director anyway. I'm not that interested in DC characters. Are all have always been slightly less interesting to me. And yeah, I like Batman. Everybody likes Batman, but um, I think the most interesting thing about Batman and certainly Batman films are the bad guys and th- so my point is is this was never really high on my you know the, the, all of this slate of Marvel Studios films every single one of them is way more interesting to me than Batman vs Superman uh, but that said I want it to be a good movie and I want it to be an entertaining comic book movie and unfortunately that trailer sort of confirms what I was fearing about it it's, it looks ugly as shit uh, like really ugly, um, and I'm just not sure. My, my big problem with it is, is Superman is a certain type of character, and they're taking him in a very different direction. And the character that he needs to be for the Justice League that they're supposedly building, I don't know how they're going to get him back to that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, it's they've got a lot of plates spinning with this because you know obviously they've got. Um, like Wonder Woman's going to be in it, and um, I think Cyborg might what? even be in it, and um, fucking what's yeah. his chops? Aquaman's going to be in it, in it. You know. It's- well, I mean, you know, they've got characters that are a tough sell, but so did Marvel. Um, my worry is is that they're leaving this tough sell not in the hands of somebody who I trust, but somebody in the hands who, uh, in the hands of somebody I don't trust, and I don't know how they're going to get. They're building towards this Justice League movie. I don't know how they're going to turn Superman back from being the, you know, the dangerous god character into the uh, all-American hero. I don't know how they're going to deal with the fact that they're basing this new Batman on an aging, retired Batman. I don't know how they're going to turn that into a Justice League character. They're taking a big gamble on Wonder Woman. Um, I don't find it a very interesting character. Um, And... Aquaman talks to the fishies, so I don't know. Like, yeah. I just I, the, none of the, nothing's adding up for me with this whole DC plan. And I would say that because I'm, 
I'm more pro Marvel, but just it really doesn't add up on paper. And it's the fact that they've literally just splooged out like six years worth of films in one mm. press release, and yeah, yeah, Marvel just did that, but Marvel have a track record now, and they yeah. they know it's going to work. I mean, you get to you get to something like Cyborg, and it's like, yeah, we're gonna have this film in four years' time. Someone's already mm. been cast. It's like The Flash as well. Like Ezra Miller's already been cast, and, right. and it's just like, I, I, why don't why don't we just do one film, see see what happens, and and mm. take it from there. Yeah, it, it, it just yeah the the, the 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 idea of just going like straight away. We're going to make five films, and here, here we go. You know, it's it's bad enough when films feel the need to set up sequels at the end. Like, like Jumper was a key case for this for me, where literally the last three minutes of that film is basically next time on Jumper. And um, it, it, <laughs> it, it does, it seems to be happening with Marvel Studios, but they have a firm yeah. plan. Their stuff works. They, they kind of, they've slightly earned the right to be that yeah. hockey. And you know what? They're, they kind of, to a degree, I mean, you can point to things like Star Wars and stuff like this, but the, they kind of have set the blueprint for the idea of having a universe. And now it's not about, now every other you know franchise out there isn't interested in sequels. Everybody wants a universe. Yeah. So you've got Transformers talking about an extended universe. You've got fucking Ghostbusters talking about a, a Ghostbusters universe. And the, the strength of Marvel is they've got strong characters that they've used to set up this universe, and then they've started introducing those characters to one another. And on top, underneath all that, they've got this support of uh, your Agent Carter, your Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., potentially your Daredevil, although I'm not sure that that's what they're going to do with that. But they've got this other stuff to support it. It would be, um, by the way, it would be badass if Daredevil just turned up for a couple of scenes in Civil War. Just to do you know what I'd like to see? Connected universe between the TV and film. Sorry. Yeah, I'd like to see him in a stinger. I'd like to see him in 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 a, in a post credit scene oh, or something. We just you know maybe just something like because I think the great thing about Daredevil, what they've got going on, is they've got this very small area of New York where dirty shit's going on, and there's this guy going around cleaning it up. Now this is against a backdrop of fucking intergalactic demons and aliens falling through the sky so I think there's it'd be funny it'd be interesting if I don't know something like Iron Man falls out of the sky and happens to fucking fall into Hell's Kitchen into the path of something that Daredevil's do just something like that you know you don't necessarily need to be need him to be an honorary Avenger for a few fucking scenes but just a reference or an acknowledgement that he's there doing his own thing I think that'd be enough for me that would be enough of a fucking little Fanboygasm that I'd be I'd be happy with that. It's interesting as well. I mean, like, just I don't know, maybe slightly tangenting because I, I I know you've been watching Daredevil and so have I, and I'm I'm like halfway through the third episode, so I'm not massively in there yet. Yeah, I only watched the fourth last night, yeah. but yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of crazy just how much more quality it feels than Agents of Shield. Yeah. Like, and probably it probably costs half as much. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, I, I don't know whether it's maybe because it's made for Netflix, so they're allowed to like get away with things a bit more. The fact that it's less tied to the cinematic universe than Agents of Shield is 
Because I mean, I, I, like, yeah. I, I'm really behind on Agents of Shield, like almost the whole season behind now. Frankly, I don't know whether I'm ever going to catch up. But I know they've got, they've kind of introduced the idea of the Inhumans, um, you know, as a kind of like a soft launch for when yeah. the Inhumans film comes out in like five years time or whatever it is. Whereas with the Marvel ones, it kind of, I mean, with the Netflix one, it cut it once. It kind of feels like they're just doing their own thing. They're not beholden to yeah. anyone else, and they can just. Yeah. You know, obviously you've got like the four characters building up to the defenders, but mm. it, I, I, this, this idea of like Hell's Kitchen as a concentrated area for the kind of more ordinary as such superhero, that that yeah. that's a really cool prospect, I think. It is, and it's it's you know they've not come out and said this guy is not part of the, well to my knowledge anyway they've not come out and said this guy is not part of the the the, the universe. They've not come out and said that he is. It's just, they've literally just gone, all right, we're going to try and do something new with this character. Uh, you know, we're going to try and make, he's, he's not the daredevil of the comics. He's not swinging through the, the streets like Spider-Man and stuff like that. He's literally jumping up and down on fire escapes and breaking people's arms. Yeah. So it's a very different, uh, well, not necessarily a very different daredevil to the comics, but certainly a very different character than what we've, we've been dealing with in the movies. So it's like they've just gone, all right, let's try this, let's see how this works, and then if, maybe, if there's an opportunity for him to feature in something else, then we do that. You know, maybe we bring back Punisher in a TV series, or, and we, we do something around sort of Marvel Knights and, and you know, Electra and stuff like that. Maybe we have a TV superhero team that's on a bit of a lower level than... Than, uh, than our big characters in the, in the sort of Avengers tier. And then, you know what? Maybe those cross over in, in the future, and maybe that's the next big thing that we want to all see. Maybe we want to see uh, those sort of lower-level characters having something to do when the lower-level characters in the Avengers, like uh, Romanoff and, and, and Hawkeye, when they drop out of the picture. You know, it's the world's their oyster, but we're talking about a million different things that Marvel could do. And when you compare that to what DC have currently got, they don't feel as agile. You know, they're beholden to a lot more. Yeah, at this point. I mean, like, their, their TV stuff, like the Flash and Arrow, are going to be completely separate from the from the film. Oh, and fucking quite rightly so, because they're dreadful. Yeah, so, so I hear. I've, so. I've, I've, never, I've never bothered watching them, but it just, I don't know, it does kind of feel like, yeah, Marvel got their fingers in a lot of pies, but they're also generally doing quality work, so that's yeah. fine. You know, yeah. it's, it's Although to be fair, uh, to be fair, uh, I, the Flash is dreadful. Arrow is dreadful. Gotham's all right. Gotham's not bad. But again, it just, it's, it's watchable at least. The, the, those other two are, are really quite bad. There's a sense of just with DC just throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks. Yeah. Um, that uh, you know you don't get that sense with Marvel. Again, I think it's because they've got the confidence now. You know, I mean, yeah. like, there, there, there were like big strong reports that basically if Guardians of the Galaxy didn't do too well, they'd do a sequel, but they'd stick the Hulk in there. But now right. now they don't have to do that, because the Guardians have kind yeah. of, you know, it was the second, I think it was the second highest grossing film worldwide of last year, or something like that, you know, I mean, it did crazy numbers. I mean, that's it, Guardians of the Galaxy did better than Captain America 2. Which yeah. is yeah. pretty surprising. Um, but again... I, well, it'll be interesting, it'll be interesting. What, in, what interests me more financially at this point is situations like that because you've got people very very you've got people who are desperate to come out and go well Ant-Man's going to be the one that fucks them or Doctor Strange is going to be the one that fucks them or who cares about Black Panther or who the hell's Captain Marvel like it, it's I think what's interesting is at this point what they do with the ones where 
um, you know, people are, are unsure about them or don't know anything about them. Because, you know, let's not forget, it's not that long ago that, for the most part, Iron Man was an unknown quantity. So, yes, there is potential for, for, for Ant-Man to be the one that disrupts things or Doctor Strange or, or Black Panther or whatever, but what interests me is to see how well they do with the films and how, like Guardians of the Galaxy, how people take to it. Because it's just, you know, how do we know this? But maybe Doctor Strange is going to be absolutely massive and maybe he's the leader of the Avengers in ten years' time. Yeah, no, no, quite. I mean, that, I know it's kind of exciting to see what's going to happen and what, what yeah. the makeup of the Avengers is, is, is going to look like. I, mean, I suppose maybe taking it back to this film slightly, I just, it kind of feels weird to me that this is the lineup of the Avengers now. I, 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 mean, I don't think it is. No, that's the thing. I mean, I think by the time we next see them on, in, like, in the next Avengers film, you know, Tony Stark will be back. Yeah, every, mm. but all the big hitters are going to be back, minus maybe Hawkeye. And it, I reckon yeah. someone's going to die in Civil War. And yeah. I could see Captain America. I can't, The thing is, I would have said Black Widow before Age of Ultron, but now obviously not because of what's mm. going on with the Hulk. Yeah. So it, the, the question then is, well, who's left? Scarlet Witch, they're not going to just introduce her and then knock her off straight away. The Vision's not going mm. anywhere. No, I, well, maybe it could be Captain America. Yeah, I, that's the thing. It's, it's not... It's, it's not it's not beyond the realms of possibility for him to get shot and die and for Bucky to take over and because like if Mark they're setting up over, I'll just say that would be amazing but sorry for who's take over Anthony Mackie yeah that's that motherfucker another possibility yeah absolutely but I think the thing is is yeah I agree maybe somebody dies and maybe that's the thing that that pushes things on to the next level but I think at the moment Marvel's got so many characters out there that they can af- they can afford to see what sticks. And, and take the lead from what's doing well to help shape what they do with you know the next two Avengers films and beyond that. Um, obviously, DC doesn't have that at the moment, um, but I think yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the smart. Because I mean, I think one opportunity, one possibility, certainly for Iron Man's character and Tony Stark's character, is to move. Because what we've got now is the Avengers isn't necessarily the, the however many it was the last five people that you see in that frame. What you've got there at the end of Age of Ultron is you've got a bunch more Avengers characters who can almost help with the current Avengers set up a new version of S.H.I.E.L.D., like a S.H.I.E.L.D. that is led by different teams. So maybe Falcon is, is, is a, you know, a, a special ops guy within this new iteration of S.H.I.E.L.D. or something like that. Then whatever happens in Civil War, Tony Stark decides he's going to be director of S.H.I.E.L.D. and, and maybe that's his position for, for the next couple of films so he isn't necessarily being Iron Man, he's being the, the brains behind the machine and stuff like that, whereas you've got Captain America who's leader of the soldiers. There's, there's ways to take it where they can keep the current Avengers lineup in there but just doing different jobs while they're figuring out who, who and what the Avengers is going forward. I, 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 it is interesting, man. There's a million different op- there's a million different possibilities. I just want to say, uh, just got a WhatsApp from Mark. Becky just twi- twisted her ankle. Uh, oh, Jesus. Yeah, that's, that's it. She fell over, twisted her ankle. She hasn't been hit by a car or anything like that. So it's just I know because Mark kind of left in a bit of a hurry. Yeah. So it's just if like, oh, well, if, if I that's if, really if I forget to cut that out, which I probably will, then it's all good. Uh, well, not all. She good, needs to stop take. She needs to stop taking gin to work. <laughs> That's basically the yeah, problem. Um, so, 
Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I mean, that, it, it just it is very exciting going forward, and the fact that it is still exciting, it, all these films yeah. in, is is a hell of an achievement. Yeah. And you know what? That last film, the one that we're supposed to be talking about, it was great fun. So. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. I mean, it's kind of weird. We, I don't know how much we actually talked about Age of Ultron, but um, <laughs> I, I, and one thing I will say as well, Quicksilver, I was just warming up to him when he fucking died. Um, that was kind of enough. Yeah. And I've got to, I can't help but think, if Quicksilver was not, was not a part of Days of Future In past, the X-Men universe. Yeah, yeah. I reckon... He would. He would. Feels like a late decision, yeah, to doesn't me. It? Yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, Definitely. It's just it's weird that they got Aaron Taylor Johnson in for it. Like he's. Yeah. He, especially when he's kind of played a superhero before, and they just give him like a one-off. It does seem like there should have been more there, and I will say as well, I'm assuming Scarlet Witch is going to butt heads with Tony Stark going forward, but I would have liked maybe one scene of her with Tony Stark actually having a bit of a conversation because it kind of felt like the setup for their characters was quite big and then they didn't really do all that much in terms of resolution. Yeah, it was it was sort of fixed very quickly when they decided, oh, um, well, actually, this guy's more dangerous than Tony yeah, Stark. Yeah, Ultron's a wrong guy. Yeah, actually. We, I'm going to automatically yeah. forgive Tony Stark even though I've been, like, hating him for the last decade. For my life, yeah, the rest of my yeah, life, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's a bit... It's a bit weird. Um, but, yeah, okay, I definitely not shit. Yeah, definitely not shit. Uh, I think Mark would maybe go for that, maybe touching cloth. I'm going to say definitely not shit, so I'm being positive. Yeah, I think he'd go definitely not shit. I mean, you know, Mark Mark is less invested in this universe, and it sounds like he enjoyed it. So, yeah. uh, he, you know, he has his reservations, I have my reservations, so I think we're, yeah, I think we're all roughly on the same page, aren't yeah, pretty we? pretty much, I think, pretty much. Um... So, uh, before I let it go, I mean, was there anything you wanted to talk about in terms of uh, what what has been watched that you wanted to mention in particular? Or, uh, well, I'll mention my two. I've got a couple of what we can what, what I've watched. Just uh, I can throw out there quickly. Um, did I mention Open Windows last time I was on? Uh, I don't. I don't think you did. No, because Open Windows was one that I think either you or Mark or both of you recommended yeah, to me. Yeah, um, very sleazy, dirty, yeah. ridiculous fun. And it, yeah, it's it was, but then it sort of drifted off a little bit, and it felt a little bit like um, they didn't really commit to the concept for the whole film, yeah, unfortunately, sure. uh, which was a massive shame because I was really enjoying it, um, and. Yeah, so that that there was that, um, and also uh, obviously I rewatched uh, the Avengers, which I still adore. We've kind of talked about that. Um, so the only other thing, just to mention quickly, was um, finally got round to Only God Forgives. Yeah, no idea why it took me this long to see this. That you know, this is this is on a shit list of films for me that like I was desperately, you know, I desperately wanted to see, and then it came out and I just didn't see it. Um, on that same list is uh, Under the Skin um, uh, and also from a few years pr- prior uh, my most eagerly anticipated film of uh, let's have a look, I think I've brought this up before um, let's see what year it is yeah, my most eagerly anticipated film of 2011 uh, was uh, The Skin I Live In and you still haven't seen uh, 
and I've still not seen Fucking it. Fucking hell, um, that's a great film. Yeah, it's crazy. But anyway, uh, Only God Forgives, uh, Nicholas Winding Refn, um, and um, what's his beautiful face called again? Uh, Ryan um, Gosling. Ryan Gosling. Um, and yeah, it's when it started off, I was a little bit concerned. I think one of the reasons that I, I hadn't seen it up until now was because I didn't get to see it at the cinema, and then a couple of people said some bad stuff about it. So when it was available through, through other means, I kind of just went, oh, yeah, but a couple of people said it was shit. So I kind of stayed away from it. And this is fucking proof. If you needed proof, you shouldn't. But if you needed proof, that you shouldn't fucking listen to what other people are yeah. saying ever. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, when it started off, um, the first 20 minutes were a little bit slow and a little bit arty and a little bit meandering and I kind of worried that it was going to stay like that for the whole film and that maybe that's why people didn't like it and if it, you know, frankly, if it had carried, if the first 20 minutes would have been what the entire film was like, I, I probably wouldn't have gotten on, gotten on with it because I wasn't in the mood for that type of thing when I was, when I switched it on anyway. Um, however, it really kicked in. Um, and some of the things that bothered me a little bit about it at first, you know, the fact that it does bear such similarities to sort of other, uh, directors work. It's, it's, it's very lynchy in parts. It's very Kubricky in a lot of parts. There's, you know, he really gets carried away with his sort of Kubrick shots. Um, and obviously the, the colouring of it, you could sort of uh, say it was a, a very Argento palette if you wanted. Uh, the music in it reminds you of a bunch of different things. So if that stuff started, had started to bother me at first, after a while I kind of really enjoyed that about it. Um, Ryan Gosling is fine in it, um, but some of the other characters in it are, are just are incredible. I think Kristen Scott Thomas is amazing in every scene she's yeah. in. She's just absolutely fantastic um and you know again she sort of reminds me of a couple of other characters that i've seen in other things like uh you know other sort of evil sort of matriarchs in things um but she's brilliant she's absolutely brilliant and there's a couple of scenes in there i think particularly the scene uh, around the dinner table where he invites his his uh, sort of girlfriend uh, to come and meet his mother that scene is just like mouth open you know, just it, it's 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 an incredible watch. I feel like rewatching that scene just on its own at some yeah. point. Just to, it is fantastic. Um, yeah, and I really really enjoyed it. Um, I like the way I like the direction it goes. Um, I like where it ends up, and you know, kind of obvious to a degree what two characters are going to end up having to face off with one another. But the way they do it is brilliant. Um, and yeah, it comes in at under 90 minutes as well, so fucking winner on all counts. Absolutely beautiful, really, really entrancing and uh, highly enjoyable. If you haven't seen it yet for whatever reason, it's it's definitely something I'll be uh, recommending to everyone. Yeah, same. I mean, slight spoiler alert for any Golf Games as well. I love the fact that it builds up to a fight between Gosling and the, the copper, and then the copper just yeah. gets the shit out of him. I think yeah, that, that's yeah. amazing. I just, I, yeah. I find that really kind of like, it, the, the whole film feels quite subversive to me in the idea that like Ryan Gosling was, his star I don't think had ever been higher as it was like at that point after Drive. And then, you know, he just makes this film where it's really arty and it's really surreal. Yeah. And like you say, it's subversive. 
and it's got a scene where you think he's going to be the hero and win the fight, but no, he just gets the shit yeah. out of him. It's well, you know, he's a clever it sets him up. It sets him up as well to a degree as like, all right, he's this, he's a bad guy. He knocks about with bad people, and he's been wronged. You know, his brother's been killed, and uh, there's this guy sort of. There's this sort of, you know, evil copper going around and doing like this, and he's the one guy who sort of won't do what his mother says, and he sort of, he, he lingers about in the shadows and the darkness and stuff like that. But it's like, well, actually, he lingers about in the shadows and darkness because he just wants every fucker to leave him alone. He kind of wants a life, he kind of wants a life of his own. He kind of, he isn't that bad a guy, um, and he kind of just refuses to get pulled into shit. Um, what's happened to his brother, it becomes apparent to him, was his brother's fault. Or at least his brother, you know, deserved what he got. And the rest of the film is him kind of just trying not to have to deal with all the shit that's going on around him. So, uh, yeah, it, and the fact that it takes it to the place where it takes it to where he could then stand up and the last bit of the film could be, oh, actually, yeah, but he's a really fucking ace kickboxer as well. No, he's, he's just a guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, uh, yeah, really, really excellent film. Nice. Cool. Um, all right, so I, I think maybe we'll just leave it there then. Um, leave it there, and I look forward to hearing the rest of the yeah, show. Yeah, I look forward to speaking <laughs> the rest of the show. All right, cool. <laughs> nice one. Well, thank you very much, Noel. And, uh, yeah, all hopefully right. 100 Club uh, next week. Definitely. Fuck you know, man. Yeah, Only God Forgives. That is solid. I, I agree. If, if you haven't checked it out because you've been scared off by people saying it's shit, give it a poke. The thing that got me in the door, just to finish off, the thing that got me in the door, having heard what I heard about it, was flicking through Netflix and seeing that it was 90 minutes long. And I just thought, you know what? How bad can it be if it's 90 minutes long? So if that's what it takes to get you in the door, give it a pop, definitely. Okay. All right, nice one. Thank you very much as ever, Noel. All right, Bye. see you soon. Okay, Bye. In a world without adventures and VHS, the book <laughs> comes a world with adventures and VHS, the book. Every journey begins in the mind. We're in, we're in trouble, Gary. In 2013, Noel Miller embarked on a series of VHS adventures that shook the world of podcasting to its very core. He's the kid everyone used to pick up. Now, through the power of the written word, he's back and ready to take those adventures to a whole new level. Described by its overzealous publisher as high fidelity for the video rental generation. And described by Mondo Movie Podcast Dan Audie as bringing the half-forgotten days of 80s video rental stores vividly back to life. It's working, it's working, it's itself, it's working by itself. Adventures in VHS is an immersive trip to a long-forgotten era through some of the films that define it. An experience too terrifying for words. Available to buy now from AdventuresInVHS.com with a whole host of fabulous full-color editions showcasing the glorious cover art of the VHS era. The story of one man's disturbing romance with an obsolete format and the weird and wonderful films that shaped his love of movies. If this person is listening to my voice, I urge him in the name of law and order to desist from this one-man crusade. Adventures of VHS, the book. Buy it today. I'm going to kiss you. Your very life may just depend on it.
Are you tired of film podcasts where the hosts exist in a constant blissful state of agreement? I mean, the main, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I've ever encountered in any film. Well, you're in luck. Let me introduce you to Chinstroker and Punter. One is an ex-film student with a penchant for David Lynch and art cinema. The other is a man on the street. Listen in perplexed and horrified terror as we tear apart one film a week. It just really It's isn't. not visually striking. No. I just just getting confirmation. It's just in, that's the third time though. I mean I must is this on? You can find us at csvsp.libson.com. So come and share the victory. If you could fuck any man in film, who would it be and why? My answer is Lance Henriksen. Oh. You, you wouldn't tell. He looks like somebody <laughs> He looks like somebody who can keep, keep a secret. Hello, buddy. You're right. Yeah, how's it going, man? You're all right? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Right, we are recording. Cool. Yeah, it's a good thing I didn't put this bloody show up. I was going to do it tomorrow. Yeah, well, I see. We can add to it now. What are you wanting to do this? You wanting to just do a load of uh, what you've been watching, then do Please Gonna Be Five? Yeah, sounds good. Just uh, take our time with it. I don't know, like just like an hour and a half or so. Probably. Yeah. Do it, isn't it? Yeah, easy. Yeah. yeah. Free and breezy. One. Um, no other trailers really have come out, have they? Uh, legend, that's about it. Oh, what about the visit? The visit that M Night Shyamalan Ding Dong one. I've not watched that. Actually, what's the only one I've not watched? I think. Fancy just watching that quickly? Yeah, I can do. Yeah, may as well. Right, um, two seconds. I'll put myself on mute. Four minutes, otherwise. <laughs> Perfect night. 
Would you mind getting inside the oven to clean it? Saturday because we were supposed to be doing the episode one of the hundred club like now but um some shit like got interrupted for people and whatnot and um you know so we kind of had to postpone that so we just figured that we'd just do the rest of the show now basically so yeah um so pretty far removed from from avengers um so we both just watched the uh, the trailer for uh, before we get to what we watched um, for M Night Shyamalan Ding Dong's new one, The Visit, uh, produced by Jason Blum, um, uh, Oscar nominee Jason Blum, um, mm. and yeah, um, Shyamalan Ding Dong does found footage. Yeah. Um... It, it, I mean, what was very interesting about the uh, well, one of the one of the things that was slightly interesting about it was the fact that um, you had what it listed from a director of, and it listed just up to signs, which was what twelve years well, ago, it, maybe. It, it did the village. It did the village. Yes, it did. So, so, so and, it and then it, it's kind of forgotten Lake what in the, water, the happening after Earth. After Earth, you know, the, the, the film was... After Earth, apparently, he literally turned up, sat down, and just let Will Smith direct it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it's a... It, uh, found footage, it, it, it's strange that it looks like the sort of film that a first or second time director would make, not a film that is being made by, or has been made by a guy who what, 15 years ago, was considered to be one of the most innovative and most up-and-coming directors of his time. He was the new Spielberg. Mm. Like, when The Sixth Sense came out, like, that's what everybody was calling him. What are your thoughts on, on, on Sixth Sense? Because I've never got the love for it, to be honest. I think I've seen it once, and it was so long ago that I don't even remember it, to be honest. Yeah, I've seen it twice. I remember it was like, once in the cinema, um... And then I saw it again on, on DVD about four, four or five years later. And I've I just never been able to see the fuss about it. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, Unbreakable, I think, apart from that film's music, that film is great. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed Unbreakable, yeah. It, 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 took, it took me a long time to watch it because uh, I, I, I'm not a... Um, M. Night Shyamalan fan it, it, it did take me a long time to watch it but I, I did actually quite enjoy that one yeah I, it, I don't know it's interesting because I mean like the thing with Jason Blunt is that he's very I'm going to give you 
this amount of money, you can do what you want, give me, give me a good pitch, you know, to just go ahead, do whatever you want to do. And the fact that M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong is working with him, it, that's interesting just because he does give his directors a fair amount of creative control as long as they stay within budget. It's why, yeah. it's why I'm a fan of Jason Blum. Um, you know, frankly, for me, he produced Rob Zombie's best film with um, um, uh, Lords of Salem. I was about to say The Lords of Dogtown, but I was like, that's wrong. Um, <laughs> that would have been a different film. Um, uh, you know, and with James Wan, he kind of res- re- resurrected his career with Insidious, gave, gave him like a million dollars and said, just go and do what you want. Yeah. You know, so if he's doing that with Shia Malan, then that could be interesting because pared down... Shyamalan could be good Shyamalan. My my worry always is with 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 him. It, 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 I think he finds he, he's he finds it hard to rein in his ego, and he he seems desperate to just keep on proving that he is like this innovator and that he's one of the greatest kind of um, writers of his generation and one of the greatest directors of his generation and he's not really and I did think that there was points of that where it looked super fucking generic. The thing is it's either going to work really well or be a train wreck I yeah, don't I... think it's going to be in between. You've no. got that bit at the end where the grandmother says to her in all seriousness, would you mind getting in the oven and cleaning it? And it just... That moment in, in the film is either going to be really creepy or it's going to be Mark Wahlberg talking to a plastic child. Yeah, and the, the thing is, I, I, I absolutely think it's going to end up being Mark Wahlberg talking to a plastic plant or Zooey Deschanel doing that thing where she acts scared of her phone at the beginning of the happening, which is... If you take that as a short film, I think it is one of the funniest short films I would have ever seen, despite the fact that it's not a short film and it's not supposed to be funny. Yeah, yeah. I, it's... This is going to be interesting. Yeah, it is going to be, that, that is one thing it will absolutely be. It will be, it will be interesting, because like you say, it is either going to be, do you know what, that really worked, or it's going to be, seriously, please, just let him keep on making movies like this, because it, it, it is going to be so amusing. Yeah, yeah. I, it, in, in a completely unintentional way. It feels to me like between this and Wayward Pines, that TV series he's behind, mm. it might be Last Chance Saloon for him. Yeah, yeah. The fact that, um, you, you know, he, he, he's fallen so fucking far and it's all his own fault. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, it's still crazy, though. I mean, yeah, he was a jobber on After Earth, but his last film was this, like, $100 million blockbuster starring Will Smith. Mm. And and now he's he's doing a film for Jason Blum, and I don't have a problem with that, but no, no, from no. the business point of view, that that does seem like a, a significant step down. Yeah, because, it, it, like you say, it, it's a strange one, because, I, I mean, Blue House, I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of their output. They make some, you know, they make interesting... They're, they're a, the good thing is, they're a genre factory, and I like the fact that we've got a genre factory there. They do things like 
the purge, the purge anarchy, and then the uh, the insidious movies and things like that, and then they also do stuff like Whiplash came out from there, and you know they're they're growing very quickly, and that their output is, you know, often it's they're not they've not really done anything that's outright terrible, really. I mean, obviously- or, or that seems that seems cheap. I mean, their business model is fascinating. I was yeah. listening to um, this podcast at KCRW in the US, do the business, and they had an interview with him. I can't remember what it was around because he has so many films. I can't remember what it was promoting. But he was basically saying that, you know, like he's able to get stars, like decent stars, to turn up in his films because he shoots in LA. They don't have to, like, they can, they could, like, go home at night. Mm. The shoots are quick. And he, he like it efficient, and they just get the stuff done, you know. But there, there are a few films of his which are outright stinkers because he does pick the talent very well. Yeah. You know, I mean, like you, you look at the difference between the Purge and the Purge Anarchy. I mean, the Purge Anarchy kind of feels like the film that the Purge wanted to be to start off with. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I mean, the, the Purge Anarchy is a significant step up in quality. I think oh, you agree that's... with that, don't you? Absolutely, yeah. The Purge Anarchy is like I think, like you you said, it, it it feels like a Carpenter movie. Yeah, yeah, it's as, it's it's as close to Carpenter as we had since Doomsday. You know? Absolutely, and, yeah. And, and and I mean that that's it. So I've got I've got hope more for the Jason Blum connection than I've got for the Shyamalama Ding Dong connection, frankly. Yeah, that that's that's the thing that that will will get me that keeps me vaguely interested in it is the fact that it's like. All right, so now it's a dot like who has made some pretty awful films in the past few years, but it, it's there's something interesting about you know the, the idea of it being a Bloomhouse uh, production. That that's there might be something there, and it's really strange that, that you know that, that saying that you know that we're going that that I'm essentially saying I trust the film because because it's coming from a certain um, producer. You know that it, that's a strange uh, a way. I'm very what, harping back to the you know the old Hollywood fucking um, system. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, it, it, I, 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 I don't know. We'll see. I'm 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 intrigued enough that um, my bum will probably be on the seat, um, but more for me, most likely. <laughs> um, yeah. And, I mean, before we get onto what we watched as well, just um, what do you think about this? Uh, Apparently, it is actually actually happening. News about Twenty One Jump Street and Men in Black having a crossover film. Uh, I'm <laughs> the two worlds are too far apart. I think the idea would be great, but I don't. I, I don't see how Will Smith and whoever they, else they get to Will Smith. How his? They won't be in it. Are they, they not going to be in it? I don't it? think they'll be in it. I think it's going to be Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum just in the Men in Black universe. If it's that, I think that's actually really. It's out of left field, and it could go horribly wrong, but it could work really fucking well. Because apparently, the the, the, the sequels at the end of Twenty Two mm. Jump Street, one of Phil Lord or Chris Miller, I can't remember which one, actually said that for the whatever the next installment's going to be. That's going to be canon. Yeah. They actually will have done all those things. All right. And it's like, 
So, oh. so it almost feels like they are just completely going fourth wall breaking, and it's so, just, we don't give a fuck anymore. So all those sequels that are there, we're going to join the, 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 the next 23 Jump Street or whatever they call it, is going to be after all those have been done. Apparently, yeah. That's a fucking... These guys, I mean, that, that's the thing about um, a lot of, of Millie, is the fact that they they do seem willing to go, fuck, let's do this. To, t- to take a, a chance, essentially. And the fact that they've made a lot of money with their films so far is giving them that kind of freedom to go, we'd like to do this, because usually studio go, no, 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 let, 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 let's play it safe. They're not actually playing it safe. They're going, no, let's do something stupid. Let's do something a bit crazy. They've, they've got Nolan after the Dark Knight clout at the moment in their, in their own... In, 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 their, in their sphere, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, and it's and it's nice the fact that they're going to do something interesting. That's, if they do that, that's, you know, I'm on board anyway because I love both the first two films. But that that's a fucking, that's a great idea. I, I just think that's really fun. It's basically going to be... We've done all these sequels. What stupid idea can we possibly do next? What yeah. haven't we exhausted yet? Yeah, and, and then literally they've, they've sat around and gone, and like many, and many black trailers come on and something or it's been on the TV in the background and they've gone, holy fuck! The Nick Offerman speech in this one is going to yeah. be immense. And you know that uh, that there is going to be a Jonah Hill and Chain Tatum doing the Men in Black song. Oh, that'd be amazing! I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to this, and I hope it happens. Yes, uh, yeah, I, 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 I do. They, it will, it will be one of those me throwing my money at screens thing. And, and also, I will say the female-led Twenty One Jump Street spin-off apparently potentially yeah. starring Dakota Johnson because she was in the first film leading it I'm, I'm, I'm kind of intrigued by that as well I why not uh, yeah that that's my thing on that is is why not it could be you know there's no reason why that won't work yeah I, as I, long as the casting's on point yeah I'm, I'm intrigued to see Dakota Johnson actually do comedy um, yeah but I, I, I think I don't see why she couldn't there's no reason to believe that she couldn't so no you know yeah, yeah we'll see but yeah just very odd, exciting news. Um, okay, so let's uh, let's do some what we watch then. Oh, pardon me. Um, we've got plenty of plenty of time really. So, uh, Mark, why don't you kick us off? Cool. I, I'm gonna kick off with uh, a film that I don't know you haven't actually seen, so I'm not, I won't go into too much detail about what actually happens. But then again, it is a story that you fucking kind of know what happens anyway. Uh, but I watch um, the night uh, Exodus Gods and Kings. I am uh, halfway through. Are you? I'm um, the rest tonight. Oh, nice. Um, right. Um, so, I mean, as everyone knows, essentially, it is the uh, story of Moses. Uh, um, the, the plagues are happening at the moment. Ooh, yes. Um, and it's it, it's kind of it, it's really Scott returning back to um, the kind of gladiator-esque world uh, that he's in. And it, it, it's there's a lot of kind of world building within it. Um, he's you know, really Scott, an interesting thing is you've got really Scott who is a, um, an, an atheist and, uh, is very much sets his stall out at that. But what I liked about, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll come up straight away and say, I, I really, really quite like this film. Um, is he sets out his stall very quickly. He's not, he's not 
doing it as a it's it's a story to him. It's not a biblical story, but he's also he's not outright um, making a point of I'm doing it as a story. It is not true. It is he's kind of he's not sitting on the fence, but it, he's not going for either side. He's just going. This is the story I'm telling. And that's a very good way to look at it, because if you are um, of strong belief, um, you can you can look at it and you can watch it. And there's still people will say, oh, yeah, but there isn't this bit of the Bible. There isn't this. Bit. It's like, you, you do realize there are different Bibles. You are aware of the fact that the King James Bible isn't the only fucking Bible. There are other ones out there and other factions of um of Christianity believe different things happened in the Bible, so um, don't have a go really Scott about that if you are of that ilk. And if you're not of that ilk, you know, fuck it. You already don't believe it. We get you don't believe it. So just look at it as, as the pretty film it is and the interesting fucking story it is. Now, it was it was billed as uh, I think in, in the posters and in the trailers as this is the story of Moses versus Ramesses and it, it, it's not actually really like that in the film it, it's kind of there's a lot more to it and that's surprised me so far it, obviously I don't yeah. know how it ends but the way that Ramesses is sketched out by this prophecy at the start like, yeah. like how that's playing out but then it's basically yeah he's building a massive statue to himself but he also wants to protect his family you know, yeah, that, that it, little bit with his kid where he kisses him and he says oh you sleep so well because you you know you're loved I've never slept that well that you know it's just a nice character moment that I, I kind of went into this thinking Joel Edgerton was just going to be evil yeah, and that, that's, that's the good thing about it is, and, 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 you know, that's why I thought it was that you would get the, you know, the, the goodness of Christian Bale and he wants to just do this, you know, to protect what he's found out are his people. And it's not, he, he's, he, he can't work out whether or not, Christian Bale's character said he can't work out whether or not God's talking to him or if he is mad. And he, he's kind of, Treading that fine line between finding out he thinks he is, but he also suits up at the fact that he might be just fucking mad. Uh, and, you know, the, the people who are following him are accepting the fact that he, he might be mad. Um, and I think what you have to get past, uh, is the fact that within the first 10 minutes, Christian Bale's accent changes three or four times. Um, <laughs> uh, but it, it's a really strong performance. Um, John Edgerton is is very very good in it, um, and again another thing it, it, it's visually it, it's very nice and really Scott we know he, he can shoot pretty, um, and he, he uses CG in a very interesting way, um, and it, it's very nice looking. I like the bits where we're closer to it. Um, I don't. But like the, the 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 long shots outside because they look a little bit like that game that the walking tits um, promotes. Um, so it, it feels a little bit like that. I don't know what that's referring to, but the game that the walking tits promotes. Yeah, yeah, you know that model that I say model. She's just breasts that can walk essentially, isn't she? I think it's Kate Upton. 
Yeah, she's. Let's just move on. I'm sure she's a person. I just, she, 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 I'm sure she's a lovely person, but 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 I'll be honest, she just no, seems no, just like breasts that can walk. I'm just sure she's a person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, there's that. So I I don't know whether it is that kind of is that how Game of Thrones looks at some points. Um, in in like the later seasons, sure they're doing a lot more kind of big establishing shots and yeah yeah, it, it, yeah I can get what you mean there. I mean I will say the Blu-ray. I, I I've been having my digital Blu-ray crisis, <laughs> but it's now I I'm I'm now very very settled. And yesterday I spent about sixty. No, actually I spent over a hundred quid on Blu-rays yesterday because um, I'd sold some shit and got some money. Then it was burning a hole in my pocket, and I like I was talking to you on WhatsApp, and I was yeah. saying like, oh, did you did you did you buy it? Yeah. Online, yes. The, oh, did you get it Prime, no, or did no, you go no, to a I, shop? I, I was no, I, I was thinking like, oh, I might get it. I don't know. And then I went into Sainsbury's, and um, they were doing this like two pack where it was like you buy Exodus and you get Kingdom of Heaven director's cut, like the two separate discs. It's not like the two discs in the one package or anything. It's actually the two separate Blu-rays. They just yeah. give it to you for 15 quid. Yeah. So I just figured, well, I've been, I've, been eight, I've been wanting to get Kingdom of Heaven for a while now, so I'll buy these. If I think Exodus is shit, I'll stick it on eBay. I'll probably get... A tenner for yeah, that, yeah. Like, I was thinking like eight or nine quid. So yeah. if I, if for basically six or seven pounds, I've got Kingdom of Heaven on Blu-ray and I watched Exodus on Blu-ray, then I'd yeah. be happy. As it is at the moment, it'll be staying in my collection. I like. I do have another hour left. We'll see how it goes. But um, yeah, Absol- what I'll say it is, um, <laughs> you'll, 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 you'll get the amusing punniness of this later, later on as you get through the film. But it, it, the film absolutely doesn't go off off a cliff. It stays solid throughout, and the visuals, the the parting of the seas, it, it, it looks fucking great. Nice. Um, the, the plagues bit is, is very good as well uh, that you're in the middle of now. Uh, that's very good. But yeah, I was, I expected to be honest, and, it, and as well, it's it's two and a half hours long, um, and I at, at no point did it feel like it was two and a half hours long to me. It it, it feels like it feels like an epic film, and it's nice when you get a film that's been made to feel epic. That feels epic, and from a director I, I often don't get along with, I was watching it going, "This is really entertaining, just really fucking entertaining." And I, that's, I, I was quite surprised by it. Really liked it. It's brooding, but never, it never feels like it's taking itself too seriously, although it is serious. It, it it's just a really enjoyable film to watch. Does um, does Aaron Paul get any lines at all? No, not really, to be honest. It's so fucking weird. Like, I'm sure she's had it. I, had a I didn't. Lines, but it's basically him just skulking behind Christian Bale. I, 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 do you know what? It wasn't until the credits that I went, the fuck was Aaron Paul in that? And I had to check. I was like, ah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, easily done. Ah, yeah. And fucking Ben Mendelsohn's just great, isn't he? The first, the first twenty minutes sold me because you've got John Turturro as a pharaoh. Yeah. And there's a bit where Ben Mendelsohn basically offers to suck Christian Bale off. <laughs> so I was just like, right, whatever this film's selling, I'm buying. 
Let's, yeah. Let, let, let's let's carry on. And yeah, I'm enjoying it. Um, I like. I mean, uh, the, the whole the Blu-ray thing. I mean, it, it just it looks so pretty on Blu-ray. Yes. It looks so nice. And it, yeah. it, it, it just, it, I don't know, it's one of those things where, I, it, like I was talking about with Alien on the last show, it's like, I just don't know why I even had this debate with myself. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's a very, it's a very, very pretty film. Mm. Um, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's a definite, definitely not shit for, for me for Exodus, Gods and King. I hope you, I hope you really enjoy the rest of it as well. I, I, I think you will, because it, it, it it feels worthy of um, of what Ridley Scott set out to do, and I feel a little bit sort of after it that, it, that it essentially it, it is deemed as not doing very well, despite the fact that it it pulled in two seventy off a one forty budget. So it, it it probably you know that it doesn't count it as an absolute flop, but it was it need, it needs a fucking hit. Yeah, two sixty-eight off the one forty budget, and that yeah, yeah, that flick lost money. Yeah. Uh, so go on then, give us give us one from you. We'll, we'll bounce it around and go one each. Go on then, what? Uh, give one of yours. Actually, I'm just going to grab a drink. Um, I'll, I'll just really briefly mention Hot Time uh, Hot Tub Time Machine two. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't hate it. Um, it's uh, a lot of it's crap. Um, yeah. Uh, 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 even I'll admit a lot of it is crap. Yeah, yeah. but um, I don't know. I like the idea of the self-driving car trying to kill him, and um, <laughs> just like how how much of a pricky uh, Rob Corddry's character was did make me laugh. Um, that you're a nerd song. They really could have done with less of that. That's a uh, yeah. joke that doesn't work. Um, but yeah, um, uh, 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 to be honest, the, the, the Christian Slater TV show made me laugh quite a lot. So yeah. The, 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 um, yeah, the, the bit that killed me was the, when he catches Adam, uh, Adam Scott. And he's like, whoa, how did you do that? I'm really fucking strong. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that fucking killed me. I, I was, I was, I was in pieces <laughs> at that. Um, yeah, I'll admit, a lot of it is crap. And they, what essentially they do is they just throw so many fucking jokes out there. Yeah, that, yeah that, it, it is a bit of a joke machine, actually. Yeah, yeah that, that when the, the, a lot of them don't stick, but when they do, you kind of go, oh, that, that 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 works well. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I, I didn't hate it. Um, you know, it's I, touching cloth for sure. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna recommend it, but it doesn't quite feel like it deserved the mauling that it had been getting. From from the miserable bastards. Yeah, well, you know, um, you know, you mentioned uh, Robbie Collin. Yeah. Um, he actually liked my letterbox review of it, which I thought was a bit odd. Um, and he only, and he gave it two out of five. Did he? Yeah. He, he, honestly, it is because I I, I really like his, his writing. Um, but yeah, so do I. I, I. Genuinely, I think he's one of the good guys. For sure. Yeah, and I've I, I met him. He's, he's a lovely guy. Uh, I watched. Bavarian Sound Studio with him actually, um, and he, he's a lovely guy. But his review of that film doesn't actually talk about that film. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I, I think I got a little bit, a little bit kind of defensive over that film though with people, um, which which is fucking terrible for a cinephile to get defensive about Hot Time Machine yeah, too. Hey, hey, I'm, I'm the guy who defended Hot Hot 
Roadhouse 2, you know. <laughs> have you watched that yet, by the way? I've not. I will, I've, I've watched it this week, and actually, because I've got a couple of days off. Yeah, good man, do it. Um, well, yeah, maybe do it. I don't know. Um, so it might get it might get watched because I wake up ridiculously early on a, on a morning, but on a Sunday I'm banned from waking Becky up before uh, ten o'clock, so I have to wake her up at ten o'clock with breakfast. But I'll be up at like eight, so I might watch it then. Good man, you should. I think. I, know, <laughs> I mean, it's terrible, but it did make me laugh. But um, I've just got such a weird blind spot for Marlon Wayans. I don't know what it is. <laughs> um, so. Um, Okay, I'll talk about uh, Woman in Black 2, Angel of Death. <laughs> um, the continuing what the fuck of the new Hammer label. Um, it kind of... I, the Quiet Ones was one of my worst films of last year, and Woman in Black 2 probably will be as well. And I swear, I'm, like, I have nothing against... Why would I against the Hammer brand? You know, it just... They seem to make shit horror films. Um, Women of Black 2. So, story um, actually kind of conjured up by the uh, the, way the woman who wrote the original Women of Black novel. You know, so there's something there, even though it does kind of feel like they just said, right, here's five grand, give us a one-line pitch. Uh, the Women of Black haunts a load of evacuated children. Right, done, cheers. <laughs> um, so basically, um, a bunch of refugee, uh, well, not refugee kids, evacuee kids are, um, uh, kind of sent to the house, Ian Walsh house, uh, because it's kind of out in the middle of the sticks and it's not going to get bombed. And, uh, the woman is there, um, and she kind of proceeds to try and make kids kill themselves, basically. So, uh, lovely fun stuff. Uh, Jeremy Irvin from uh, Warhorse uh, turns up as a uh, kind of a pilot who takes a liking to one of the teachers. Um, the lead girl, I want to say her name is Phoebe Fox. Uh, I think that's right. Let me just check that. Just um... yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah. So um, she's a um, uh, a kind of a, a woman with a secret, and as soon as you see the first flashback, see uh, kind of dreamy flashback sequence, you'll know what that is. Um, and she basically has to try and solve the mystery. Um, this film, this film is so boring. It's <laughs> so boring. I just, it's, it, it just, it, it looks dark and dank and depressing, and it's the same old fucking. Right, if we can work out the secret, then we can put a stop to this. But then at the end of the film, do you know what? They haven't actually put a stop to it. Oh, no. Um, kind kind of bollocks. Um, you don't give a shit about any of the characters, really. Um, there's Helen McCrory um, plays um, the kind of the headmistress who is a bit of a taskmaster. And she has... Actually, a quite a, a, a nice scene with Phoebe Fox where, like, she's being quite hard on her and then and then she just kind of says, look, you know, I'm not meaning to do this. So it, it, it kind of t- takes her out of just the harsh bitch stereotype, which I quite liked. It would have been nice if there were more character moments like, like that. And also, you know, this one, they don't try to go for a 12A rating at all. This is very much a 15. And yeah. you know, obviously there's quite a lot of controversy with the with the first film for that. But this one, you've got multiple scenes of kids basically attempting to or actually killing themselves. And it, it just, it's, 
And it, I'm not going to say that's nice, but it's nice that they, they don't try and just, like, 12A it. Um, but the jump scares are insanely predictable. It, it, the, the mystery, I, it just, who cares? It's generic horror movie number 63729. You know, and, and that, that's yeah. all there is to it. Um, that, that's it. I don't have much more to say about that. It barely... It, it didn't really keep my attention. It was one of those ones where I just, every now and then, I just checked my phone and looked on Twitter for a couple of minutes, to be honest. <laughs> and I don't, I don't like doing that. No, I, I, I run a, um, a, a an upside-down um, phone on silent policy now when I'm watching films. No, totally. I, I 100% I agree. But here, I just, I, I, was just, I was just getting through it. Yeah, occasionally, sometimes a film loses you and you go, I have to finish watching this. I know I have to finish watching this, but it doesn't mean to say that I actually have to enjoy it. Yeah, I was kind of 40 minutes in and I did kind of think, should I just switch this off? But I didn't. And and I kind of wish I did, to be honest. It's it's, it's just rubbish. It's It's not offensively bad, but at the same time, there's nothing to recommend in it pretty much at all. No, I, I watched 20 minutes of it, um, and then luckily I had to go out, and I haven't got back to it, so... <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, okay, Mark, let's, uh, let's move on. Cool, uh, my, my next one I'll do is, I watched um, the other night uh, the Joel Schumacher film Falling Down. I've not oh, watched it nice. for quite a few years, and I fancied watching something, I think it was a... was a It was... A Wednesday night, and I found something really Wednesday night, <laughs> and it just falling down. I just felt like, yeah, that'll work. It feels like a Wednesday night movie. You know, essentially just Michael Douglas getting pissed off and walking across LA, and having just weapons upgrades essentially. <laughs> um, and it, it's really strange because Joel Schumacher is a, a, a funny director because he's made for the past ten years crap. Essentially, you know, he did the the fact of the opera movie and Number Twenty Three and that, that trespass movie that he did with um, Nicole Kidman and Nick Cage um, a couple of years ago that was just fucking just terrible. Um, but you know, it's easy, and of course you got the Batman and Robin thing. It's easy to forget that he actually made some some really fucking interesting movies some good movies you know things like like falling down and you know lost boys and tigerland and phone booth you know were good interesting movies and falling down feels it's a strange one because the the scripts have been one that was doing the rounds for years um and had been turned down by pretty much everybody and was about to be made into a tv movie um and michael douglas came across the script uh, and decided that it was the best script he'd ever read. Uh, and this is the guy who fucking produced um, One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest. Um, so, you know, it, 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 part of that was his dad wanted to do it for years and he ended up doing it uh, instead because his dad got too old. Um, and, you know, fucking his dad's still going, which is amazing because that film's like 40-odd years old, you know, all power to him. Um, so... You know, he came across it as the best thing ever made, and then all of a sudden, you know, that's it. It got money just fucking thrown at it. Because at the time, you know, Michael Douglas was probably one of the biggest stars in Hollywood. 
you know, in the the early nineties, you know, after things like Basic Instinct and um, this, I think he did. Just, was this pretty much after that? No, this few few years, years after, few yeah. years after. Yeah, in terms of of, of Douglas's career, because he's a the strange one is Douglas. You know, he, he's he. he sees himself as much a, a, a producer uh, as he does uh, as an actor um, very much like like his dad did so you know it, it's he's still riding high off things like Wall Street you know it's actually not it's actually the next film he does after Basic Instinct falling down okay hell yeah I mean Basic Instinct was fucking was, was huge you know that film you know off a 50 million budget gross I think 300 and odd million, it's which is insane. It cost $50 million. Yeah. Bloody hell, man. Erotic thrillers really did get budgets back in the day. They fucking did, as they fucking should do. <laughs> uh, I won't go back into my fucking partial for an erotic thriller, but yeah, but that, that fucking film made a fuck ton of money. Uh, but yeah, Falling Down, the first thing I noticed about it, it's been years since I last watched it, is it's an incredibly directed movie. There's a lot of stuff going on. You know, you've got the fact that um, the opening essentially is is a bit of a homage to uh, to Eight and a Half, um, and there's, there's there's so much going on. It feels very fucking um, intense, and you've got this story of, of you know Magdalene's um, defense just essentially just is lost. It. He's lost his shit, and you know he, 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 he seems like this guy. He's not a bad guy. He's just having a bad day. But then, as you sort of look into it, you find out that he's not a bad guy. He's just a bit of an arsehole. And then you've got Robert Duvall's character. He's the guy who he's not a bad guy. He's he's just surrounded by assholes uh, as well. And then all these fucking stuff happens where he, you know he wants to buy a. Essentially, first of all, he goes to the, the store and he, he just wants change, but the, the store owner basically tells him he's got to buy something before he gets it. So he wants to buy a soda, um, but then it, 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 a Coke, essentially, but it's, he won't have enough money to use the phone if he buys the Coke, and he, he, just, he just loses his shit. And then he, he loses his shit again, and again, and again, and again, and he just builds up to it. He ends up with a bag full of guns. And then you've got the, the great fucking scene of him, where those kids think that he's, uh, he's on a, that he, he's making a movie. And he gets out the, the rocket launcher. And the kid's showing him how to use the rocket launcher. And he, and then he just, he, he fires it and it goes down in the, what is it? And the kid's like, whoa, that was fucking cool. And my dog just kind of, just looks and say, I just, I just blew something up and you think it's cool, but he doesn't want to give the kid shit because it was him who blew it up. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's two hours long of just watching Michael Douglas essentially just unravel more and more. And then you've got the great end scene where Robert Duval essentially, you know, he grows the balls to prove that he is a real cop and fucking chews out his wife who is mad um, there it's it's a fucking it's a really fun watch and it's still the, the weird thing is it's 20 odd years old it still feels relevant and it still feels fresh and it still feels like it's got something to say and what it is saying still feels like it, it should be said now and these are problems that were happening 
you know, the last time, you know, you had riots, um, you know, big riots uh, in, in L.A., um, and then you've got, you know, the stuff that's going on in Baltimore at the moment. Uh, and this film, I think, w- was actually being filmed in L.A. At, at the same time as you had the uh, the Watts riots around there. Um, and it, it, it still feels culturally relevant. And I don't know whether that's a great thing for the film, that it feels culturally relevant, or a fucking horrible thing for society, that a film that is 22 years old still feels culturally relevant. Yeah, it probably is the latter. Um but yeah, it, it's it, it's one that if you haven't if people haven't watched it for for a while, it is it, it, it's a it's a great solid midweek watch. But it still fucking feels great. The bit with the uh, as well in the uh, Whammy Burger, where it, you know he almost accidentally kind of holds up the, the burger place, uh, uh, and he's like, yeah. "Just give me a, what is it? Just give me the burger." And then he, he opens the burger. And he's like, "Really?" Does that look like that? <laughs> and it's it it just it all works so well, and it, it, it helps the fact that Michael Douglas is just fucking brilliant, and he, I still think Michael Douglas is a really underrated actor. I don't think people appreciate how good a performance, he, a good a good a presence he is on screen. Uh, it's a fucking great movie. Is falling down? Yeah, absolutely. Go on then. What give us one of yours then? I was going to say, have you seen Arrow doing video uh, yes, have you seen the, yeah, yeah, the, the, that box set looks very good. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, that will so much have to fucking go out to get that fucking in. I used to, um, I used to have a Criterion Blu-ray video drone. i got to say, I think there's more features on this. I know there's a commentary by Tim Lucas on this one. I think that, I think there was just one commentary on it, on, on the previous one, but like, Debbie, Harry, James Woods, and David Cronenberg are on it, and I don't think I don't think Criterion have licensed that. But um, the, the the fear on film um, thing, mm-hmm. which is this roundtable with Cronenberg, John Carpenter, John Landis, and Mick Garris, yeah, that's really good, like really good. It's this vintage thing as well, and it's 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 great. Um, bloody hell, that thing is stacked. It is, there is loads in there. It, it looks fucking lovely as well. Yeah, man. I, I, video drone. I mean, like, God, I remember the last time I watched that film. I, 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 first time I watched it was in film studies in uni, and I'd like, I watched it a few times since. It just, it creeped, like, body horror, man. It just, body horror, weird. Yeah. It, it, it's, it, the, the, the bit which that's reaching into his stomach is, is, is oh, yeah. Just how the end is just in, um, like, just that kind of, like, dank ship. Yeah. And you got the TV with Debbie Harry on it. It just, oh, my God. It, it's so fucking anarchic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it, yeah. It's it's a wonderful film with video drama. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. All, Arrow, I'm just all about Buckaroo Banzai. I cannot believe <laughs> we're actually getting a Blu-ray of Buckaroo Banzai. Yeah, it, it, it's, yeah. Uh, I, but that, it, it, that, this is this is the thing um, with you know with the people who, who are I'm not saying that you were saying this because I know you weren't but um, with the whole ah oh, yes physical media is dead no because no matter what happens maybe buying stuff like uh, Grown Ups Two on Blu-ray maybe something like that will disappear but there'll still be these uh, independent labels that are, and Arrow are thriving at the moment as well, which which is nice. Um, 
releasing sort of interesting stuff that collectors will buy, and that's what that's where the medium will go. It'll become a collector's market. Yeah, and I I I think I'm just I'm ready to lock in on that. That is all good to me. Yeah, and the, and the interesting thing there is I I'm now consciously having to when new stuff like that comes out, having to go. Oh right, what do I get rid of off my my list and stuff like that. So it, it, it's very interesting of, of of that for the the club 100 uh, 100 club thing. It is. I'm really enjoying that aspect of it. Yeah, I I the fucking Buckaroo Banzai would be in my hundred. That film's amazing. Yeah, I fucking love Buckaroo Banzai. Um, but yeah, anyway, sorry about that. Um, uh, okay, so what shall I talk about next? Um. Oh yeah, uh, a girl walks home alone at night. Uh, comes out over here in a couple of weeks. Um, released by Studio Canal in key cities. But if you've got US Netflix, you can just watch it on there. Um, so yeah, this is it's billed as an Iranian vampire western. <laughs> it's spoke the spoken language is Farsi. But it was filmed in the US, and one of the executive producers is Elijah Wood. Elijah, it's Elijah Wood, yeah, yeah, I thought it was. So, yeah. um, so that's ever so slightly disingenuous, ever so slightly, and it's not made clear where or when exactly it takes place, other than the fact that there is a song by White Lies in it, so that would paint it within the last few years, I suppose. Um, but, yeah, so basically, uh, this is quite, quite a hotly tipped horror film. It's um, one of those again, basically. Um, it's directed by a Iranian-American um, who was born in England. Yeah, Anna Lily Amapur. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm very intrigued to see what she does next. Um, so basically, story is... Um, it's this town, you've got this guy who, he's kind of like a cool dude with a leather jacket, but he's, it's more an affectation. Uh, he's, 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 uh, have you watched this yet? I've not watched Um, it, no. Um, and basically he, um, has a car which he saved up for for ages, and, uh, basically his, he's, I think it's his dad, or at least like a friend of his, basically owes this local bad guy um, a load of money. The bad guy takes the car. Uh, but then a vampire girl is uh, about, and she um, kills the uh, kills the bad guy. Um, the, our guy kind of comes across his stash and starts selling it, and uh, eventually he meets uh, the vampire. Um and they're two kind of loners, and it's a bit of a well, will they, won't they, and will she, will she not bite him, kind of thing. Um, really, really, really gorgeous film, shot in black and white, um, and it's just incredibly evocative. It's uh, they, the, the the things they do with shadows and and shading is is really, really lovely, and it conjures an atmosphere like no one's business as does the 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 soundtrack which is kind of just like it's kind of like quite cool kind of like synth kind of dance pop type stuff 
but in, in like in Farsi, so um, it, it's kind of Iranian uh, origin music, and it, it it feels very it feels very contemporary in that respect. Um, and you know, it, it kind of plays with like kind of traditional ideas as well, like the vampire. She wears this uh, like black cloak and um, keeps her face covered up and, and things like that. But when she's at home, and that's in public. But when she's at home, she's quite a kind of a cool. She dresses like a cool indie girl, basically. Um, yeah. And in one scene, she scares the living shit out of this kid, which is amazing. It's an amazing scene, um, and not not like in a horror way, but just in the way it kind of builds up and, and what actually happens. And like, she scares the fucking shit out of this kid, and it's funny. Uh, but she kind of steals his skateboard. So then, like, there's just scenes where she's just like rolling along on a skateboard in this massive black cloak, and it, it's <laughs> awesome to look at. It's it's ve- it's just very cool. Um, but and, and like the first half of the film, I I was in love. It was just this is the shit. Then the film doesn't really have anywhere to go, and it does what felt like at least half a dozen scenes that in normal speed would play out within 30 seconds, but they just do it all in slow motion and it's kind of like in silence and so it takes about three minutes instead. There's one standout scene with that, with the White Lies song playing, where it's like pretty much the whole of this song, Death, um, mm. which um, was like a kind of a big one on the on like Radio One a few years back, but then White Lies didn't really seem to do too much else after that. But um, and it, it you know it, it's um, the vampire girl in her bedroom with this guy, and it's quite like what's she actually going to do here? And the way it plays out is just is oh, it's lovely. Um, but it, it just it, it it doesn't have enough narrative juice in the engine to really take it home. Um, but I'm very, very, very intrigued to see what she does next. Well, she's doing a film called The Bad Batch next, and the uh, plot is a dystopian love story set in a, a Texas wasteland um, and set in the community of cannibals. Fine. Uh, this is a cast, because this is fucking interesting. Jason Momoa, Keanu Reeves, Jim Carrey... Yeah. Diego Luna. Yep. In. Yep. In. Um, yeah. Yeah, just that cast and that story. And uh, Suki Waterhouse as well. Nice. I Yeah, I am... That sounds great. This yeah, is... It really... It was... It was going for like four and a half, five territory for me. It ended up as a seven. Um, Seven's still solid, Seven isn't it? Is, that is film, yeah. well worth a watch. Is well worth a watch. Yeah, I, I, I will. I will be absolutely getting to it. Um, and I think I maybe on future watches, I can maybe see myself getting a bit more comfortable with the second half. Then now I know where it's going. Mm. Um, but it, it's there, there were great standout scenes. I will say as well. Last night when I watched the second half, I had had a few drinks. So maybe I didn't watch it in the best frame of mind, but at the same time, I was buzzing after the first half. So I was like, I was in, but it just dropped off for me by the end. And like to be fair, I had a few drinks and I watched the first half hour of Exodus and I was like in to that. So you know, 
Um, but yeah, um, it's it, yeah really worth a watch. Um, obviously, if it's playing key cities in the UK, probably not going to be too many places you're actually going to be able to see it. But um, hey, if you've got Netflix, you can watch it on there. And I'm not going to feel bad about watching it on Netflix instead of having a really hard time finding it theatrically in the UK. Sorry, I'm not. No, no, no. Netflix is available there to watch. Yeah. So, you know, um, yeah, I'm not gonna fuck it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's um, that's a whole argument. But um, anyway, Mark, come on, it's, uh, the second one. Uh, okay. Um, I watched for the first time in ooh maybe ten years. Um, Mulholland Drive the other night. Oh, uh, see, I watched that it, a little while back. Yeah, it, it's one of those films where. I mean, I'm a, a, a huge Lynch fan, but I, I'm not a an often watcher of his films. Um, so, whereas somebody like, for instance, uh, Martin Scorsese, I could watch pretty much any of his films once a fucking month and still get a lot out of it. Uh, and I actually do watch a lot of his films a lot. Uh, but with Lynch... I, I, they're they're quite intense to watch. So you know, although I, I adore Mulholland Drive, um, it's not a film that I will watch once a year or anything like that. It's something that I will watch once every few years um, because I, I don't want its its power to be something or its its impact on the way it makes me feel to to diminish or to dilute over time. Um, and I, I'm, the, I'm the same way with, with Blue Velvet. But then I have these moments where I'll go, I want to watch Mulholland Drive tonight. And I mean, that, that'll be it. I'll, I'll, I'll have to watch it. And it, I, I got that uh, the other night, whereas, whereas I want to watch Mulholland Drive tonight. Watched it. And it's it's amazing how I've kind of forgotten how how similar in, in, in tone and it is two things like um like Twin Peaks. There's a lot of the score is very Peaks esque. Um and originally it, you know it, it was going to be a um a TV series. Um sorry what's that indeed yeah sorry just yeah yeah so it, 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 it was originally going to be a TV series. Um and, and it does it does feel like it, it's played out like that. It's got that that mystery element that we start with. Um, we have um, Laura Haring's, um, you know, character, you know, waking up, you know, in the crash and then waking up and you know having amnesia and everything like that. And it's the mystery of, of you know, where did she come from? Where was she going? Uh, why did Exactly, yes. Which, which, which would have been a great, uh, which would have been, you know, they probably should have fucking done that instead of crying. Uh, uh it'd have lifted that scene. Uh, so, <laughs> fuck that. Do you know what? Wouldn't have surprised me with, uh, Lynch. Um, it's a fair point, that. Yeah, and it's, it, it's one of those where, you know, it, it's that greatness of, of Lynch of where he, he, he drops this, this thing. You know, you have that, that fucking gorgeous scene, the, the scene that I just referenced there, the um, where you have Rebecca Del Rio uh, singing a completely a cappella, um, crying, and in in Spanish, and it is, it's, it just is an an, an unbelievably haunting scene, um, you know, and then you, it just collapses, and the, then the, the 
you know, the, the box appears. And then from there, it just, it takes that Lynch turn where it just goes off on one. And you know, that's the moment really where it, it will, it, it, you'll either go, this is Lynch, this is what, it, this is what happens. And you either go along or you, you, you'll go, nope, lost me. Lost me. What the fuck's going on now? And, and you know, both are perfectly fine ways to view it. You know, there's not, there's no wrong or right way to, to look at a David Lynch film. And it, it's great the fact that Lynch knows what it means. Lynch knows what why it's happening. He, he in his mind, it has a logic step, and it, it feels to him linear. Was, was uh, it you who, or Mike, who WhatsApped that thing where someone someone asked David Lynch to explain something? And then David Lynch was just like, no. Yeah, no, it, 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 uh, it, Mike, what is it? But that, that's the great thing is, it, 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 it is, do you know what it means? Yes. Can you explain it? Oh, no. That's right, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I went to um, a, a Lynch Q&A once um, and, uh, for Inland Empire and somebody said to him, uh, so what, do, what, what does this mean? And his response was, what does it mean to you? Mm. Was his response. Uh, and I said, well, no, but I'm asking you what it means. And he's saying, and I'm explaining what it means to you. You're just not understanding. And he's saying, well, no, but what does it mean? He said, I'm asking you, what does it mean to you? And he said, well, I think. He said, don't think. I'm not asking you to think. I'm asking you to tell me what, you, what it means to you. And the guy's saying, no, I, I want to know what it means. He said, no, you want me to tell me, you want me to tell you what it means. That's not how this works. How in an empire works and how most of my films work is I want you to have your experience. I don't want you to have me tell you my experience. And that is, that's how he works. And it is glorious. And I'm not saying that it's right, but it is glorious that that's how it works. But I mean, Mulholland Drive, I think the, the, the DVD release, for instance, came with a set of clues, a, a, a set of clues yeah. which, which it wouldn't surprise me if Lynch just thought, Fuck it, and wrote these out. But it doesn't. That that doesn't actually. These aren't the crumbs you are looking for. It it it, it, it wouldn't surprise. And that's what I adore about this is the fact that you can get lost in it. And I get to the end of it, and I go, I think this is what I think, and I'm happy that that might not be true. I'm happy. But, 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 but that's what I think. And it, for two and a bit hours, this film has essentially just got me to just sit and be completely absorbed. Yeah, I mean, I will say, I think, um, it, it's very easy to figure out Mulholland Drive in terms of what's actually mm. happening. Just, I mean, like, it's, it, in terms of the overall thing, I mean, what it all means, maybe not, but, yeah, it, it's basically Naomi Watts' character is on the on death's door, and she has these hallucinations before she fucking dies. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's about it, really. That's it. Yeah, um, and that explains the, you know, that's that's her ideal. That's 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 you know her almost fever dream kind of thing. It's it's. It, it's an incredibly wonderful thing, and also it, 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 it's strange that this was a film that really essentially announced Naomi Watts onto us. Um, and it, it, it's a very the, the two Naomi Watts we get in this are very different, and they're very well played, and they they, they feel perfect for each world that they're set in. And of course, you've got the, the 
the wonderfulness of just some sheer just beauty in this movie and this this starkness and just this this dream world that it creates you know the scene where the guy's walking towards the um the dumpster and you got the wall thing and he's saying you know you know there's something behind it and you know there's something there and then it appears and you just go fuck i know i knew it was gonna happen and it still fucking terrified me you know lynch makes wonderful horror movies that are horror movies because I think you could argue to an extent that Mulholland Drive is a horror movie. And I absolutely maintain that um, Firewalk With Me is a horror film. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Fucking Firewalk With Me is bloody terrifying. Yeah, it is. And, and, and God, these, it, yeah, it, it, Mulholland Drive, it's not one that I'm going to watch. I'll be going, oh, I, you know, I can't, you know, wait until I watch it. It won't be ten years before I watch it again from about three or four. But, Fuck me, that's an incredible movie. Yeah. It really is an incredible movie. And when people say, I, I really hope Lynch makes another film before he dies, I, I you know, which I, that's, that, that sounded terrible, but it's just because, it, you know, he's, he might not. He's getting up there. I mean, he's, you know, he's in his late 60s. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, yeah, I hope he doesn't die for a vast amount of years. I don't expect him to either, but he does smoke a lot. Um, but then again, fucking hell, Harry Dean Stanton smokes a lot, and that guy fucking is pushing 90. Uh, but, you know, it, it's, I hope Lynch makes another film if he has another idea. Yeah. I don't want him to just make a film for the fucking sake of it. I want him to have an idea. Yeah, I mean, he won't make a film for the sake no, of it. No, I know, he'd never make a film for the sake of it. Christ, no. So yeah, Mulholland Drive, oh my god, it's magnificent. It is fucked up how far away we are from Inland Empire though. When was that, 06? Uh, yeah, I think so, yeah. Uh, Inland Empire, man, I fucking, I came out of that film, um, when I, like, when I like, watched it at like one in the morning, um, and I, I, I didn't, I, I was confused and didn't know what had happened to me. Oh my god, man, I watched that film, The Watershed in Bristol, and it was just like, it was like one of the ugliest things I've ever seen on screen, just like that video blown up. Yeah. It was yeah. horrible to look at, but it, it you like leave, left that film in a fucking trance, man. I swear. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's oh, it's so weird. No, I mean, I've got, <laughs> I, actually, the Mall on the Drive is the first film I ever saw at the Watershed. The Watershed's like a bit of a cultural touchstone of Bristol for for film, really. And like, it was the first film I ever saw there. And then I went for pizza at the Pizza Hut with uh, with my friend Andrew Taylor. He won't be listening to this, but um. And, uh, yeah, discussed it, and a massive head fuck. It was about, God, I think I was, what, like 16, 17 at the time? And it's just like, that's, you know, that, oh, man, that was the age to get into Lynch. Fuck. Yes. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, right, um, I'll just I'll just talk about one more briefly, because um, I'd, like, I'd like to be done by half nine, and we've still got Police Academy 5 to get to, so... Yeah. Um, I'll just uh, say... Actually, I'll just do two really quickly. Supermension Legend of Shep Gordon. I watched that. Yeah. Uh, fun. Yeah, really fun. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, last 20 minutes where it kind of gets into health scare bit was a bit, uh, whatever. But um, a lot of the stories were really entertaining. The story of him sharing a cat with Cary Grant. What was the, the cat was called something really random as yeah, well. I can't remember what it was. But, like, that, that is a fun film. 
<laughs> yeah. Fun film. And, um, uh, but you liked it, yeah? Yes, I, I, absolutely. I like the fact that essentially it was Mike, Mike, Mike Myers making a film about his friend and his, uh, his, his, man, his, his manager just because he wanted the world to see that this guy's a really nice guy. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, no, good on him. Um, and I watched, uh, Cobain Montage of Heck which uh, was really good. Um, you know, it's an authorised thing, so it doesn't kind of get quite as deep as you want it to, really. Like, it ends at a weird point, kind of before Cobain actually kills himself. There's just a screen at the end. It says, like, one week later, Kurt Cobain took his own life. He was 27 years old. It's just like, oh, right, okay. We're going to get anybody's reactions to that or anything, but we don't, and... It, it, that feels like there's something missing there. Also, Dave Grohl's not in it at all, apart from archive footage, and that's weird. Um, but, you know, he's doing his own thing and whatnot. Um, some interesting stuff from Courtney Love in there, and some really heartbreaking, like, home video footage. Um, but there's also some really interesting animated stuff um, that kind of dealt... There's some stuff that looks like Waking Life, um, oh, yeah. it's like him actually like doing actual like audio diaries so it's animated him kind of chatting and it, which is odd but um, yeah it's really worth a watch um, yeah I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it from coming from a, being a Nirvana were a very big part of my youth and I still listen to them now yeah, totally um, no absolutely so uh, but yeah I'm done cool okay any more for you uh uh, I'll go very quickly. I watched The Last Seduction as well, um, again, for the first time in a vast number of years. Um, the Blu-ray for that doesn't... It, it looks very nice. It's the best it's ever looked. Uh, but there is... There's, there's, there's quite a lot of grain, I'll say. Um, but, yeah, and The Last Seduction, I think, is one of the great underrated 90s um, noirs. It, it's a fantastic film. Um, just... We had great central performance uh, from Linda Fiorentini. She just plays such a fucking bitch, which is great. Uh, good stuff. Okay, cool. So um, we will. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what. We'll do. Uh, we'll do a little bit of feedback just because I opened up the Gmail box before we get to uh, uh, before we get to Police Academy Five. Um, oh, have we been insulted again? Yeah, so it's Rolf uh, again, bless him, um, who's been having a bit of a debate about the Hundred Club with, uh, with Noel on Film Rant, and uh, he's here again. Um, okay, dear sirs, I gotta rant again. Sorry, you know, but you do know your, you and your show are awesome already. No need to elaborate. Fair enough. Thank you, much. thank you. What I will elaborate is Noel's idea of Club One Hundred, which is bullshit. <laughs> this idea can only fail I've read Mark's thoughts on Film Rant about his opinion on the club and I know where you're coming from I also bought loads of DVDs and re-bought many titles on Blue I am also a film collector having immense storage troubles 1500 DVDs and 1000 Blues but how on earth can you narrow down a collection to just 100 titles the answer is simple, you cannot not if you truly love movies and will watch movies still to come for every new movie you love you've got to kick another one out well no, you could love more than 100 films. So, um, 
And it will hurt as this will be an ongoing process. And one day, my friend, you will kick yourself in the balls about how stupid idea this idea ever was. Why pick a number? Just get rid of the movies you don't consider must-haves. I also have titles I will never watch again, or haven't even watched yet, and most probably never will. Those can happily leave. But my love for movies doesn't stop at a number. And that's coming from a guy who's a list fetishist and re-evaluates his personal top 100 once a year, and coming back to the space problem. I bet you can easily store more than 100 titles in your home, kids or no kids. My assumption is that it's more about creating a list of 100 titles you love, and not about how you want to reduce your collection that radically. Dude, just make a top 100 list and organise one shelf for it. That's fun also. No need to throw away many good titles. And what if someday you want to re-watch stuff, which you got rid of? You've got to buy it again, or hope for it to pop up on Netflix or download a crappy version online. I really, really, really hope you guys will think this idea over. You do love movies to a certain number. Admit it, be, be happy with it, live with it. Later's Rolf. P.S. Very pleased about your affinity for Borussia Dortmund, Mark. This is my club. Real love. Better oh, nice. Just don't take hummels from us, please. Uh, no, we won't, we, we won't take Hummels uh, from you. I could see United try to take Hummels from you. Um, yeah, um, but, but I, I'll, I'll happily, 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 um, pick up Klopp, uh, now he, he, he's gone. But, uh, Thomas Tunchin, uh, the, um, incoming guy, uh, into Brussels Dominic, he's another fucking really interesting, um, Manager, so they could be, you know, Bruce Dortmund. I think could be in safe hands there. I think Klopp's just he's had his time there. Um, but I would, I'd love, I'd love Klopp to come to Liverpool. I really, really, really fucking would. Um, <laughs> That'd be my ideal. Um, my reasoning, I, I, I absolutely have space. Absolutely, I, I currently have shelves um, covering an entire uh, wall uh, in my my living room. Space issue isn't a thing. Um, it is. It's the challenge. It's the, that that's that's the thing that gets me with with the the, the one hundred club thing. It, it's it's the idea and and the challenge and the problem is it is I I will buy for instance one of the the Blu-rays I uh, sold uh, was the movie uh, Push the Chris um, Evans Dakota Banning movie. Oh yes. Yeah. See, now the thing is, two things. One, this will stop me from buying Push just because I saw it for three pounds in Asda on Blu-ray and thought, oh, that's 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 you know, fuck it, three quid. You know, I, you spend three quid on nothing nowadays, can't you? And I thought, I'll get a fucking movie out of it. It'll stop me doing that. So I have that three pounds to buy other things. It also will convince me to uh, to search out my perfect version of a certain movie. Um, and it's but the the big thing of it is is it's the challenge. I, but I wouldn't get I wouldn't have got rid of Push. It had just sat there and it had done nothing. Whereas somebody else might actually get something out of that. You know, I sold that and I got. I got like two quid for it, so I, I it, you know, it's actually not bad for push. Yeah, it's not bad. That uh, you know, I, I, I'm happy with that. But the person who bought it there might actually go and really fucking enjoy it and watch it over and over again. So that that Blu-ray will achieve what it what it should do. It it will entertain someone rather than just sitting and collecting dust on my shelf. Uh, I'm not gonna get rid of all my my DVDs to be honest. I did think about it, uh, but I'm not gonna get rid of those. Um, but it, it's the idea of that and the challenge of this, and and that's what what kind of excites me. And it, it, that's the thing is I hadn't bought a Blu-ray uh, 
from um, like August uh, of last year through to um, well, actually through to, through to now, I've bought. I, I've got one gift for my birthdays and Christmas, but I've actually bought um, the guest um, filth and two thousand and one. That's three. I bought three Blu-rays in, what, ten months, nine months? Which is insane, because I, I used to go, I used to buy three at least a month. Uh, and I've bought three in the past ten months. I, I, and I find, I, I find it difficult. I, I kind of fell out of that, that love of collecting. And part of that is because there's fucking nowhere in the UK, I think, that you can actually go with that, that fucking, you know, I've got 50 quid to spend and I want to go and buy some Blu-rays. Not buy a Blu-ray. They're not buy a specific one. I want to buy some films. You can't really do that anymore because you've got, what, a few supermarkets and HMV. That's it. And HMV's selection is shit. In star, it's terrible. It's it, it's laughable, um, and so it, it's not the same trawling through fucking pages and pages and pages on Amazon because Amazon's impossible to fucking search for anything anyway, unless you know exactly what you're searching for. And it's just you, you know I, I find that I'm, I'm ordering stuff and pre-ordering stuff and waiting for it to arrive. It, 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 it's boring. This gives me a fucking. It's got my fucking verve back for for collecting. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I um, I was just I, I was into the idea. I mean, I'm not doing it. I just I I, I can't do it. It just it would drive me mad. I, I actually wrote a piece about why not. Um, but you're right. You're you're. Man of spot, your, your sort of, the reason why you can't do it is exactly what, um, is saying that, um, Rob, is, is, is saying that, is that, essentially. And, I, I, I'm fighting against that because I've kind of gone, no, fuck it, do you know what, I like the challenge aspect of this. Yeah, I don't know, it just, I, I mean, to be, to be honest, there's also a part of me that's just thinking, you know, when 4K does come out, and uh, I mean, I, I mean, I'm assuming we might get physical 4K. That might become a thing, but that that is going to be it. And it just, I do worry about things not being available. You know, it, it, it is it is a concern. And you know, when you got Arrow like putting things out like Buckaroo Banzai. Um, actually, no, here's a better example: Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the 70s Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Mm. Got it on Blu-ray. Right? Arrow Blu-ray is lovely. It's on mm. iTunes with no extras. It's not on Google Play. So it's like you've already got kind of differences in the services. Um, my thing, which I've raised a few times on Twitter, that I know you've kind of commented on, Zodiac Director's Cut is not, not yeah. on digital. You can only get the theatrical cut. It's things like It's things like that that worry me, and I want to have... I do want to have a physical copy. And also, it's for, frankly, it's kind of for indoctrinating my kids you know that I, I want to be able to like go you should watch this this is this is great you know and actually kind of sitting them down I mean like I hope I hope Lossie gets into films I mean like Christ I tried the one film I've tried to actually sit in front, in front of so far is Toy Story and she cried she just couldn't <laughs> deal with it for some, the start of Toy Story terrified her and I don't know what it was about it but and I tried it again like half an hour later and she just did it again and it was like okay fine fair enough then I don't know what it is about this but 
here's Peppa Pig. You know, um, <laughs> but that's the thing. So, it, it, you know, it's that. And it, I, I just, I, I, I kind of agree with Rolf on that. But at the same time, I like the idea of having, of the challenge of having 100 Blu-rays, even though Noel has committed a heinous error, which we will address. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's already, he's already written a piece about that on Film Rant as well. I, I'm just going to say, you cannot call that Blu-ray the Trilogy Edition. That's no. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you my thoughts on that when we do the actual show. And, I, and also, because hopefully he's listening to this. Yeah, all right. It was only a few quid more. I don't care. I don't care. You are going for one film. The one film is cheaper. If the trilogy set was cheaper than the individual film, yeah, maybe. Maybe in that particular point of view. But here I was. Here I was, Mark. Here I was. When I was thinking of doing this, thinking I'm going to have to sell my, my Prometheus to Alien box set. Oh, no, no, no. I've got the, I've got Alien, the Prometheus to Alien edition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Raiders of the Lost Ark. I've got Raiders of the Lost Ark, the complete Indiana Jones adventure edition. I've got Empire Strikes Back. Star Wars The Complete Saga Edition. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's, it's one of those. I'm not happy. Right, we've got five minutes to do Police Academy 5. That's easy. How the <laughs> fuck do we only ever end up with five minutes to do Police Academy 5? <laughs> I have no idea. Here's the trailer. Right, okay, here we go. This is going to be a really long show as well, like probably about two and a half hours, and it's literally the last five minutes that we do Police Academy. <laughs> Police Academy 5, Assignment Miami Beach, is directed by someone and stars people. Um, the story, Lassard is getting an award for Police Officer of the Decade in Miami before his retirement. Um he goes out to Miami Beach along with everybody else but Minus Mahoney, who I'm assuming died in a mysterious boating accident. And now um, Lassard gets his bag switched with some gangsters and hilarity ensues. Yeah. Mark? That, yeah, that, that, that's, that's it. What, one thing I like about uh, I saw Miami Beach uh, over the other ones is there's a very clear uh, um, villain from the start. Um, whereas in the other ones, there's not. You're spending the time with the people, and then they have a an adventure at the end. The whole of this film is is an adventure. Um, you know, it, it, we were saying before, you know, so the ones the Gutenberg was, you know, it, you you wouldn't notice him if he wasn't there, and the Matt McCoy, um, you know, the character essentially was supposed to be Mahoney and he'd moved to Miami and was working in Miami. They then rewrote it so it was that. And you can, I bet they barely even fucking rewrote any of the actual lines or anything like that. Uh, I think Gutenberg was making three men and a baby at the time, uh, which is why he didn't do it. And he's actually, he's actually, um, 
in, in interviews before I've spoken that he, he probably could have done it and could have squeezed it in and worked around it but he, he kind of didn't want to do another one and he kind of regrets doing that well yeah because your career went to shit after it let's be honest um, so yeah it's it's what 90 minutes it's fun it's stupid it's flimsy as fuck there's the usual jokes there but I actually kind of probably enjoyed it the most out of the sequels we've watched so far. Yeah, I'd go with that. The, 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 the new location helps. Um, yeah. The more of the focus actually being on the ensemble, I think, is good as well. Like, Hooks has yeah. more to do in this than I think she's done in any of them since the first. Um, Tackleberry gets a little bit sidelined thinking about it. He does a little bit, yeah. But but there's more Lassard, and he's yeah, really quite really funny. Though. Yeah, like the that fucking bit where he's got the camera. And, yeah. Oh my god, what's it? He says he's filming that girl, and he says this will come in very useful. This pre- presents some exciting opportunities. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. And it's just like, what does that mean? It's like, are you gonna make a sex tape? Amazing. <laughs> like, you dirty man, Lazard. Oh my. Um, yeah. It just it's. It's not like he's even saying it in a particularly pervy way. It's a very matter-of-fact facade. Um, yeah, and the, the great bit when he, goes, when he goes back to the... What is it? When he goes back to the bag and opens it, and he's like, oh, there you are! Yeah, no, it's <laughs> solid. It is... That, he's, just, he's completely in his own world. The fact that he's getting a Police Officer of the Decade award in the film is incredible. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing. I mean, it, it's actually quite fun to watch you know again it, it's it's the second film that ends in them racing to save someone by getting like of like be on a chase on the river yeah like the third one they're on speedboats and shit aren't they and, and yeah and this one they're on the um wind boats yeah, yeah. It, it's um I mean, in that way, it's quite lazy, but I, I don't know. It, it, it's not as nutty as the, um, like, the fucking Nazi biplane or whatever that was in part four. But, you know, I, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, like, the, the, the Mahoney replacement is whatever, and, like, the, the girl, like, the Kim Cattrall kind of replacement is whatever. Um, but, it, it, you know, it's fun to see Hightower, it's fun to see Lassard, it's fun to see Hooks. Um, yeah. And... What, what, what is quite amusing about the, the, the casting of this one is the fact that uh, Bobcat Goldthwait couldn't agree uh, financial terms on, on, on it meant that we didn't get Zed coming back. And they, they worked out that, well, if we haven't got Zed, there's no point in having Sweet Chuck. Yeah. So they just, didn't, they just didn't bring him back. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you just assume that they, like, murdered each other in a murder-suicide <laughs> thing or something, don't you? So. Yeah, or, or Sweet Chuck is currently living as Zed's kind of slave. But yeah, it, 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 it's... This, uh, the thing is about these films, we're going to end up covering all of them in five minutes, but you can cover them in five minutes. Yeah. It, 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 it's fun. It was really fun. I, I had a good time with it. You know, I'm watching these movies on, on Sunday afternoons. They're perfect Sunday afternoon movies. That's why when we were kids, they were on every Sunday afternoon. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um... I, 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 yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's probably where I remember watching these, you know. Um, yeah. But I, d- I don't know. It's, um, oh, sorry. I've got something in my ear. Oh, that's better. Um, sorry about that. Um, 
Yeah, I, I don't know. Sorry, I've had a few drinks now, and I think I'm kind of losing <laughs> my thread. But it, they're, they're just relaxing films. You don't have to think about anything in the slightest. And just them having brightly coloured shirts on for a lot of yeah. the film was enough to kind of make it feel separate to me. You know, I mean, like, Police Academy 6 would probably feel like two to four after this, to be honest. But, you know. Yeah. That, 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 that it could be, yeah, absolutely. But it's a, uh, I'm going to go with it, it's a definitely not shit. Yeah, I'd go definitely not shit. I had, I had fun with it. It's, um, I mean, Christ, what did I give it on Letterboxd? Let's have a look. Because my definitely not shit on Letterboxd is a free or above, so I gave it a free. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Uh, we do have a couple of questions. Uh, first one is from Thomas DJ, uh, not to Don DJ on Twitter. It says, which makes for a more awesome movie, uh, Buster Rhymes or a Tiger Sidekick? <laughs> tiger Sidekick, without question. Uh, and Tom at Very Cinematic. Uh, are we just doing away with films now, running the whole plot in a two-minute trailer? Uh, hashtag Terminator Genesis. I, I, I don't. I don't think that is what they're doing with Terminator Genesis. Like even the poster has got has got him on there like there's got to be something else to it he's got to be the main villain it's not going to be a twist he's going to be the main villain of the piece and then it's going to be well like it, yeah if, if that fucking shit doesn't happen in the first 20 minutes of that movie then what the I, fuck I'd even go if, if all... you know like I'd give it, give it I'd give it some time but if, if it's like Seriously, if that's a second half of the film reveal, then what the fuck? The fuck? Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. I don't think they know what they're doing with the marketing of that film, though. Like, it, it, no, because that poster's yeah, terrible. that poster is brutal. <laughs> it's, if any film is going to tank this summer, it's going to be between that and San Andreas for me, but I think The Rock by himself should help San, San Andreas. San Andreas has come across at a very fucking peculiar time, yeah. though. I could see him putting that film, maybe putting it back. It's out in this. It's out this month. If yeah. they put it back, they don't have long. Yeah, I think just with with, with what's happened in you know the world. <laughs> uh, but then again, you know. Mm, yeah, they, they, apparently they they are changing the marketing out of respect. Yeah, apparently. Um, you know, yeah, it is, you know, I, I'm at the point now where, um, with the, for instance, The Fury Road, I, I, I've kind of seen enough trailers from that. I, I want the fucking movie now. Uh, I like the fact that the, that the last trailer was the final trailer and they've said, that's it, we're done with trailers. It's like, there's a lot of trailers though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I don't know, Fury Road, man, two weeks. Oh, I can't wait. Can't wait. I'm off that Friday as well and I'm watching it. First thing. I, that, I work that Friday and then I'm off for the next week and a half. So that Friday night, I'm straight after work to the cinema. Yeah. And actually, the podcast we record for that, I'm going to be in Spain. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see how Skype works, but I'm sure we'll be fine. Cool. Uh, what are we covering next week then? Um, assuming Ian. we don't schedule 100 Club for next week. Um, yeah. I suppose that might happen, but. Who knows at the moment? If we do do a show, I was thinking big game. Yes, yeah, yeah, I'm, I, I'm game for that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 
Uh, yes, and we'll have the uh, next instalment of our uh, five-minute police coming review. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. So, see you under siege next week. So, uh, that's going to be it, dude, and I'll keep Oh, also, thanks, Rob, for the email. Um, yes, very much. Thank you very much. Very much appreciate yeah, those. Yeah, I, it's, um, I, I love how much... I, I mean this in the most affectionate t- way. I love how much he's banging on about how much he thinks 100 Club is a shit. I, <laughs> I love it. I, 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 I'm very much looking forward to it. Hopefully, when we do the 100 Club podcast, it might explain our reasonings in a lot more detail. I think he might just blow up. And then you can give a shit about that. <laughs> seriously, like, I mean, but bless him. Like, seriously, yeah. I'm, not, like, I'm not meaning that in a condescending way. If, like... He's obviously very passionate, and it just... Which is fucking yeah, great. Which is fantastic, so good on him. Um, so, uh, at Dude the Monkey, at Ian Loring, at Dude Foz, uh, filmrant.co.uk, and we're out. Yes, speak to you later on, guys. <laughs>